welcome to episode 18 of GameSpot After Dark. This is being recorded to video, but you won't see it because we're just doing test runs at the moment. Uh, however, we'll come back to that later, probably nice, near the end of the show. A nice tease. A nice tease, yeah. exactly. But joining me this week is Lucy James Games. She's returned. Oh, I don't hi. know why I Thanks. saved your Twitter handle. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter.com. Hi. It's nice to be back. Uh, Callie Plaguey. Hi. And joining us for the first time, Mike Mahardy. Hi. Uh, Giant Bombs, Mike Mahardy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. It's nice to be here. Uh, I'm a fan. What's this peppy persona you're putting on? Yeah, I don't like fine. it. Oh, this is the new Mike. <laughs> I know. It's been so long. It's been what? That's six a new months? mic too. You've been in New York for a full year. Dude. Well, since E3, I saw uh, you guys at though. Oh but yeah, it's uh, nice. Okay. It's nice to be on. I'm a fan of After Dark. <laughs> I like hearing you guys be yourselves more than you tend to be sometimes on videos. Yeah, it's fun. You know, <laughs> let loose a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some beer as usual. You know, uh, it's given me a seven percent beer i know mine's seven so, yeah. percent beer that's why i was like i'm gonna uh, stick with one for now that's the one i have saved for later <laughs> <laughs> uh we start every episode with the chris from dayton ohio segment can uh, we swear yeah you just can't say the f word well you can i have to bleep it out though who the fuck is chris from dayton ohio <laughs> well he's from i was gonna get to dayton, that ohio. oh sorry 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 so he chris. he wrote in in one of the first episodes saying like hey the podcast was fun and all and i liked it but i don't know who any of you are could you please tell us who you are so we've kind of kept that joke alive cool. we now know more about chris from dayton ohio he really likes souls games really yeah uh i think a loyal <laughs> listener and yeah. friend um but anyway mike tell us about yourself what kind of games do you play where do you live uh what What's are your, your parents social like? security number? Social security number, credit card information. And then your your yeah, and then three numbers on the back also. You know what just scared me the other day? I don't know my blood type. Do you uh, guys? No. I know. No, my I'm not asking you to tell me what yours is, but I don't know my blood type. I don't think and I And it had occurred it. to me that because I don't know my blood type, I don't think anybody close to me would know it. So if I was to get in a violent accident and need a transfusion, you could pump me full of the wrong juice. I mean, we, I mean would that's just not what they would do. They would Aren't you just controlled negative. by rats? Well, no, no, no. If you're the <laughs> if you're, you're just a bunch of rats in you. If you're that one, you can only receive that one specific kind. If you are no, that, no, no. O is the universal donor. But there's there's I thought there was so if they don't know, they just give you O. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's why not, like if that's you are scary. O, you are supposed to, well, it that's would be nice scary. if you like donated more because oh. it can be used yeah. for more people. Because not that I wouldn't say not that many people know their blood type. I know my blood oh. type. Do you? I'm O, but I can't donate that much because i i get real uh fainty oh your body only body only has a certain amount i only have so much blood you know to give and then i like it's not enough as is i play kind of a lot of different (laughs) kinds of games i guess we all do but um i try to play in a lot of different genres i think the most fun i have with work is going outside my genre but i guess if i had to describe the kind of games that i is like back of the box feature list will automatically interest me um i like strategy games a lot i like shooters a lot uh i like games like void bastards that combine those two really well which i'm going to talk about void bastards probably in this episode hopefully um but yeah i play a lot of different games i'm uh, i'm actually in our new york office i've been there for about a year now but i was here for a good four years like three and a half mm. And then, uh, yeah, so I'm on the video team, kind of like video editorial hybrid. I don't know what I do, um, but I'm in the New York office. And uh, every once in a while, I'll go on Giant Bomb stuff. But, yeah, so. And you love XCOM. Yeah, XCOM 2 is one of my favorite games. This is the first time XCOM, I think, has been mentioned on this podcast. So 
There I you know go. that. I listen no, I to every episode. Joke. <laughs> I think we made a joke about Mike liking XCOM before. I think we oh, really? Have, yeah. That sounds like something we would do. Yeah. yeah, probably. Oddly enough, I don't talk about it much anymore. Like, that doesn't come up over on, like, Giant Bomb or GameSpot East stuff. That's when you don't have a lobby anymore. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, that was yeah. a lobby mainstay joke. <laughs> yeah, lobby segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever it could be. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, anything else you want to add? You could just say former athlete. <laughs> former athlete, all right. Yeah. She, didn't, she didn't know what a... Were you messing with me? Do you know what a letterman is? No. She didn't know. So she asked if this what I'm wearing now. Again, if you're, you're just listening to on audio, it's, it's kind of like... A, I guess the style would be varsity jacket, but across the room during deliberations, uh, Lucy's like, are you wearing a varsity jacket? I was like, no, but I have one at home. I was a triple letterman. She didn't know what that meant. No, I don't know what that means. Um, it's because Mike texted me and said I look very British, and that's because it was really cold on my sen- side of the room, so I had to go get my big coat, and I just sat there looking like Sherlock or something. Yeah. <laughs> so for each sport in high school you play at a varsity level, you get a letter. I mean, physically on your jacket, but also like in a sense. Like a scarlet letter? No. No, it's like a, <laughs> no, it's the for me it was L for Liverpool. I'm not joking. I went to Liverpool High School. So they just put a big L on your yeah jacket. on the back. You so really each each varsity L. sport you play, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's oh, why so like, that's what a double letterman is. They play two varsity sports. Right, and yeah. you were triple. What did you play? Basketball, lacrosse, track and field. But I stopped track after junior year. But I still got the letter. See, I guess I would have been a double for water polo, but I, for water polo and swimming. But I never actually like paid for the jacket or any of that stuff, so I never got it because like no one at my school wore them. Oh, we just got ours, I think, unless oh, my yeah. parents paid see, for it. And I didn't know they were trying Lucy. to make as much money as they could off of us. So yeah. it's like, in no, America, was... schools make money off of their sports because we don't give them enough money to teach the children. Yeah, yeah I've read about teachers having to buy their own supplies and stuff. Yeah, uh, I went to a private school in the UK, and we had colors for like sport achievement which was basically this kind of fabric sash that you would wear around your waist and a a collar was basically a small rectangular patch that would just say swimming or tennis and that was it because they were really afraid of letting you express your individuality because we had to wear uniforms Mm. oh i did did color guard and i got um shunned so that's what i got for that because you're in color guard yeah it was not that was like the most social suicide thing I could have done. Wait, what is it? Oh, oh. oh. Color Guard I is... I barely know, but I know. <laughs> I spun rifle in Color Guard. So what I did was I... A wooden rifle. No, that's the... <laughs> that is the coolest thing I've ever heard you say is I spun rifle. That's such Wait, a badass so it, thing. What, like... You had like a baton, but it was a rifle? Yeah, so like during uh, football season for marching band, I would be there doing like tricks with a rifle Dang. um I, well i mostly did flags at that time That's i could also, also the most american sentence i've ever heard you say <laughs> <laughs> you're you're right i don't often say very things like that um yeah and i i did that and um i you know went to prom with a friend you know that kind of vibe Oh, so I wasn't a triple letterman lady killer like Mike. Mm-mm. No, I was not a lady killer. <laughs> I, uh, I had, I'm not, I've talked about this at length. I had debilitating acne. Like Did you? I still do, dude. No, 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 no. This was, this, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, like one up people in terms of like, um, acne, <laughs> but. Did you have like cystic? Oh, it was like, it is a miracle. I don't have much more like, um, scarring, but I, it, you don't have any scar. I know. I can see. Uh, it do you was use Accutane? Accutane? Yeah. I did Accutane, yeah. Apparently they're finding out 
Uh, there were like other like rumored side effects, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, I was not a lady killer in high school. weren't you weren't you sick a lot too? Or, mm-hmm. or yeah, I think I remember you telling yeah. me about that. I don't talk about that much actually, but uh, I well, went this podcast. That's I the went time. on average in high school, despite playing these sports. I think I went. So how many? Okay, just assuming there are. Does two hundred days of school a year sound right? Yeah, sure. Sure. I went to each it. year like eighty probably like wow. actually attended um but i kept my grades up and then like sometimes teachers would think i was cheating when i came back in and took tests but yeah no i was sick for a long time um there were a bunch of things i had wrong actually but one of the main things that like took a while to figure out um there's something called epstein bar virus which is can be latent in a lot of people but other people it flares up and it leads to pneumonia once or twice in their life for me at the time i was getting pneumonia like full-on full-blown pneumonia four times mm. a year oh my god and also if it's even more extreme you're only supposed to be able to get like mono is like chicken pox sort of what? i know this is being reductive from a medical standpoint as in like you get it no, 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 once no. yes you, sorry it's not yeah. like chicken pox at all except for the fact <laughs> that you get it once and you're supposed to be done i, I would get like mono twice a year because of the epstein bar and everyone um, was like, that guy's a lady killer. And then you were like, no. Yeah, so the acne and the, the uh, illnesses really mm. helped me pull. <laughs> <laughs> I was carving tush. <laughs> I have no idea what that meant. Well, how about we get back on topic here? Uh, so normally we'll go in and talk about what we've been playing. However, we decided to cut it this week uh, because we figured it'd be a good time to go over what our personal top tens are. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how we're going to go about this. Should we just like start with 10, go around the room? You give your 10, you can say your piece about it. My concern is that we're going to spend way too much time talking about some of these games. Well, is it worth mentioning that we... I mean, we're not we're not making any announcements about GameSpot stuff, but we yes. did personally just get done with deliberation, so there's also going to be, so I'm December sure, 7th, some exhaustion. December 17th as well as when you'll find out what the GameSpot game of the year is. Yeah, yeah. I, sh- I should mention that this is... Not yeah. official at all. No. These are just, just our personal us. lists. Yes. Well, my, my, I mean, I'll, I'll clarify which of mine are official. Uh, and then, no, I'm just oh, kidding. Shut it all. <laughs> Cut his mic. <laughs> no, just kidding. Who's back there? Uh, Tamor and John Luke, I think. Oh, nice. So can, yeah. Tamor can hear me uh, poop on his favorite games. No, I actually, I have, uh, I have the same favorite games as him this year. I think. Lucy, do you want to start? Do you want to <laughs> give us your number 10? Okay, so I have my list in front of me. I can I can give you all of them in one fell swoop if you want to do it that way. Maybe maybe. Hmm. I need to like write mine down. Maybe, fast. maybe how about you do the you do five? Okay, I do ten to five. You rattle off five, and then we'll talk more in depth about everyone's top five. Mm-hmm. So we can, so we can get through this a little bit quicker. You can say little things about the game, like ten because you know. Okay. I like the main character whatever who cares so we're doing 10 to 5 10 to 6 even 10 to 6 okay so uh, 10 erica uh 9 jedi fallen order 8 assemble with care 7 pokemon sword uh and 6 fire emblem all right uh i've heard of erica Mm. i don't know anything about it it is uh an interactive thriller uh on ps4 i think i talked about it on the podcast before Mm -hmm. it's uh to call it an FMV, it's certainly FMV inspired. I'm sorry, was it Sam Barlow's game? No, no. What was that? That telling, was telling, telling lies. lies. Okay, gotcha. I had them mixed up as well. Yeah. mentally. Okay. Uh, basically, Erica. It's really cool. It was announced as a PlayLink title at Paris Games Week a couple of years ago. Um, made by a studio in London, and basically, it's all filmed 
uh, live action, but the way that you interact with it using either, I use my phone to play it. So I think one of the first things the game shows you is a, uh, a lighter and it kind of just instinctively tells you that you need to open the lighter by swiping up on your screen and then like quickly swiping down to try and light it. And that's basically the interaction. It's just kind of more, it's a realistic, a more realistic way of interacting things than maybe just holding down square mm -hmm. to pick something up, for example. Um, Device 6 sort of did similar stuff like that on phones back in the day. Mm. Another uh, Simogo game. Mm. Really good. I don't play that one. Oh, that's like one of my favorite mobile games. You should play it. That mm -hmm. was actually like in my top 10. What's it called? Device 6. The people that it was Yearwalk and then they made Device 6. And then what did they make this year? Uh, shit. I'll look this up when it's when I'm not talking because apparently a lot of people like I did not play it. Um, but Device 6 is awesome. It's like a weird, creepy, horror detective game and really good puzzles. Ooh, yeah. I like that. But Erica um, sounds cool. Yeah, Erica's yeah. fun. And then you can, I blasted through it in like 90 minutes. It's got a um, bunch of different endings, different decisions that you can make. Um, Did you end up doing it twice? Because I think when you talked about it on the podcast before, you were like, I'm ready to go back and try it again and see what changes. Did I you get around to that? I did not get around to it. Um, but I might over Christmas break. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like something I probably should play if it's ninety minutes and yeah. like and I don't it's know. cheap too. Yeah, it's really cheap. They made uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts this year. Oh, that thing game I did not like, but I, 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 I was, didn't actually oh, like that much. Like that much. I, I was so bored. Played it on mobile and I felt like it just wasn't for me. I like pop music too, so I was expecting to like it. But I, mean, I like the soundtrack. The music is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that, that's my uh, ten to six. So Jedi Fallen Order was nine. Yeah, I'm playing through it right now. Um, I'm kind of, in, I think it's the sentiment that's in the office right now is that everyone is starting it on like the third or fourth, like there's four difficulty levels. Everyone's kind of starting it on three, it seems like, or four, if you want to get really fancy with it and then gets a few hours in and just drops it all the way down to easy because then you get to feel like a Jedi. And I hit that point at the weekend where I was like, I'm enjoying a lot of it. It's making it super clear to me that this is a game. It's like very gamey in the way it does a lot of things. Like when you're on, it's a Kashyyyk and those weird mm -hmm. plants that are just springboards. Oh, those are fun. Yeah, but, but yes, it's, it's like, a, it's it kind definitely of, a trope, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I hate sliding down <laughs> ice. I, the sliding in that game is so bad, especially before you, yeah. get the, especially before you get the Jedi flip, the double jump. Because yeah, I don't have that. If you don't... Oh, no, I do. Yeah, I do. I don't think... Like, it's a Metrovania. I'm assuming people assume you're going to get a double jump thing. Yeah. But basically, if you don't nail... It's it's like a platformer where you get that one inch of, like, uh, hang time where you mm. can still jump after a ledge. And if you don't nail that perfectly, you won't make the jump on the slide. I had to restart those so many times. I, I will say, in its defense, that the checkpointing is very good. Probably because someone in QA has gone, look, this is a bit bullshit. We need to just be kind here. Um, however, I do also think... I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of enjoying it. It's like not quite on the level of podcast game, but I am interested in it. Um, but not like fully invested in it, but it's just, it's just nice to play. I like the Tomb Raider-esque sort of puzzle sections. I think that's really... Yeah, I, I like I think, that a lot. I think but... the puzzle sections are probably my favorite part. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I had an experience where I was like, oh, yeah, I played Souls games. I'm going to crank it up to not the hardest difficulty with the one below it. Yeah. And then I played it and I was like, all right, I don't think the combat is super precise. Uh, I don't really like fighting anything other than stormtroopers. So I'm just going to crank down the difficulty because I want to get through this. And mm. 
I wasn't super wild about it, but I think the things that stood out right were I want to see all the planets I go to. I want to I want to interact with these characters. I don't really necessarily need a really difficult no. Star Wars game. No, because I, I think unless it's something like Sekiro where everything is so precise and feels earned, which I don't think happens in Fallen Order. But BD1 is incredible and like a Pixar-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love he's that cute. little robot. A little it's droid. Um, another thing about Jedi Fallen Order that surprised me, I actually, I, I'm kind of middle of the road as far as Star Wars fandom goes, I guess. I'm not on the level of like Rob Hanlery or Josh Shaw or someone like these I'm just naming GameSpot people. I don't know if they've been... I'm assuming people know who Rob is. But um, but I've kind of lost interest in Star Wars in recent years. So I didn't expect to really invest in the characters in this game. But man, I actually kind of like what they did by saying, oh, Order 66 happened. Might not have been, like, taken place in the best movie, but it's still a f- real messed up <laughs> thing. Sorry. Flippin' messed really, up Really, really messed up thing that happened. And, like, if you really think about it, people are going to be traumatized by that if they escaped it. And I mean traumatized in the, like, like most severe yeah. sense. Yeah. And that game does not ignore that. And that's really cool because, I mean, it's not cool that they're traumatized. I'm not saying that. It's cool it's that it cool explores that it. Ex- yeah, yeah, explores it. Like, certain characters, like, give in to the dark side. And, like, in that game... Instead of the dark side just being anger and hate, which kind of always devolves into, not all the time, but in that game, it's actually like, oh, these people use the dark side to escape, like really confronting that trauma and kind of using that anger for, you know, evil gains. And I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, despite not liking the latter half of that game in terms of backtracking and the combat, which as Tamor pointed out to me, and one thing once he pointed out, I noticed a lot, the... Enemy composition never really got much more interesting than like yeah. either a big animal or a group in which you're worried about three guys shooting and three melee, mm-hmm. etc. But obviously, it would like some of the um, inquisitors would be pretty fun to fight. But I just never thought it got too much too interesting in terms of like mob composition. I think is the term. Mm. But yeah, that story surprisingly pulled me through. Yeah, I like the game. I think it's a good. Yeah. Kelly, what about you? What are your uh, 10 through 6? 10 through 6. I wrote them down so I would be able to, to read it out to you. My number 10 is Apex Legends because I did play a lot of that game. Um, I mean, I honestly prefer slow-paced Battle Royale, but I liked it. I, I dropped off of Apex, though. Um, Baba is You. I really really liked that game. That was a clever little puzzle game. Um, kind of like learning to, to learning a program uh, programming language. Um, yeah. Eight is Untitled Goose Game, for obvious reasons. Seven is Resident Evil 2 Remake. And six was Sekiro. For Resident Evil, did you have... Did you play the original? Like, did you have no. the... So you you came into it out of, like, fresh context? Yeah, it was a new game to me. I like talking to people... I like seeing the difference between what people say, because I came to it from having played the original, and it. I really enjoy what they did with the remake, but I'm curious, like just as a game in itself if did any of it feel dated because they had to stick to source material or was it i mean there there were definitely things that i felt like i i could tell that it was not a new game if that makes sense yeah um not dated in a bad way just part of it is like i just know that it's not a new game so there's that bias going into it but um i usually don't mind going back to older games and playing them even if there are like quirks about them 
Yeah. I, I think it does a good job of modernizing a lot of like it, it like a lot plenty of people have already said this how it still keeps that original spirit alive but it does a very good job of mon, modernizing some of those older systems like yeah. some of some of the like some of the rooms just feel old and some of the puzzles you have to do feel like they don't feel dated like i don't know collect three things to put in a statue and then the the statue lowers and there's a there's a secret door like that seems like a very old school video game tropey thing mm-hmm. uh but the way they do it i think works really well and i was i bought it all i was like oh yeah of course there's a secret passage underneath this statue that leads me to the sewers yeah and honestly like i i've never really played resident evil games because i didn't really uh have access to them until like four or five and by that time i you know i i was just kind of like a little like slow on the uptake with it Uh, but my younger brother is a huge resident evil fan and has played all of them and loves them i mean he like he even really likes six like he like just loves resident evil so much and so i was really excited to play resident evil 2 and get an appreciation for the series knowing that my brother uh really likes it and over thanksgiving i was home with my brother um his the monitor for his pc he had ordered a new one but it arrived broken so he like didn't have a pc for a couple days because he was waiting for the replacement and so he was just like, I don't know what to do, and was replaying Resident Evil 2 Remake. And so I hung out with him and watched him play. And, like, he had all of, you know, he was, like, he'd watch speed runs. And he was, like, showing me all these tricks that I didn't know about. And um, that kind of renewed my appreciation for it because I was like, I actually, like, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's I like horror, like, film and horror, like, television, too. Um, I'm not like super experienced in horror games and part of that is just the games I had access to growing up um so it was cool for me that was kind of like my first like real bona fide like I loved this horror game experience so it was special to me in that way that's super cool I speaking of old Resident Evil games uh I caught some flack uh yesterday Oh, and is it because you I'm, said you don't like Resident Evil 3? Oh, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine with, like, people disagreeing with me for, in most cases. Um, <laughs> it happens a lot, and I'm used to it. But, whoa, people are real defensive of Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. And so, for context, uh, I am a huge fan of the whole series, but I consider myself a fan in the sense that I want it to be better, so I'm not afraid to point out its flaws. Mm. Uh, I have... I I know that's not always the case, and I'm and I'm not saying that the people who like Resident Evil Three are not noticing flaws. I'm not saying that because for the time, the nemesis, the persistent uh, villain, was a really cool idea. It still is. Not that many games have tried to emulate that. Um, There's really cool stories about Bioshock Two in early development. Jordan Thomas wanted to make it uh, a big sister, the persistent enemy, enemy, before they had all the big daddies and little sisters become a thing. Well, Songbird Uh, was supposed to be an infinite too. Yeah, and like it's, but no one could really ideas that didn't make it in those games. Yeah, (laughs) and like no one could really pull it off. But Resident Evil Three was doing this back in what Resident Evil Three would have been ninety nine, I believe, because that was gonna be it wasn't gonna originally gonna be Resident Evil Three. But um, so yeah, I said uh, after replaying it with Mary Kish recently. I mean, I didn't play it. Um, I I did play it. I watched Mary play it and guided her through it. We do Resident Evil. We used to. It was a show where we just played through all of them and. Man, playing that game and seeing someone come to it through a modern lens without the historical kind of forgiveness attached to it, there is a lot of trial and error. 
I think the back half of that game just slogs a lot. I don't need to go into it. I'm not going to shit on Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Uh, I think by today's standards, it's a bad game. And I said that on Twitter. <laughs> Woo! Do you, Woo-woo! Do you think a lot of those issues could be fixed if this Resident Evil oh, that, 3 that- comes out? Or do you think... Looking back, that's a game that you're like, I don't really want to remake of this. No, 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 no. That, that That's kind of how I was coming at it. I was like, this is exciting to me as someone who had uh, like very rose-tinted glasses for this game and liked it at the time. And I still appreciate it for what it did at the time. Um, but I am actually kind of more excited for this remake than I was for Resident Evil 2. Mm. Resident Evil 2 was just, I still think, is a fantastic game, the original, 98. And I the remake was a chance to update that skeleton whereas resident evil 3 i think the skeleton has a broken bone every five feet and the remake <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm excited for the remake because i hope it can actually like um the dodging the nemesis was such a sh- they they tried to like force that so much in the original game and it worked half the time even though you were doing it completely right you just had to push the left analog forward when he attacked you it, that's kind of oversimplifying it but that's basically it and you could do it perfectly it would just not work half the time and that's one of my myriad problems with that game but uh yeah i had like close friends one friend in particular who really likes resident evil text me and be like uh, Tinturi? i'm not naming names <laughs> i'm not gonna name names but i had a friend text me like five minutes after i said that he's like uh dude you think you know a guy and i was like <laughs> i can't tell if this is real or uh but i was like yeah no it's i'm excited but i'm excited for that remake sorry for that tangent i uh like, this is a podcast built on tangents. Yeah, we and, get and also we're not doing tangents. news today, so it's probably good oh, to talk sick. about Resident Evil. 3 okay, a cool. Bit. Well, Sorry, what were you saying, Callie? I just uh, people have complimented our tangents. So. That's true. Resident Evil Three is not good. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, Mary, well, Mary, again coming to it without the historical context. Uh, that game's important, but it's not good. So That's I guess different. one more question to follow up. That so Resident Evil remake, the first one still had the 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 fixed camera tank controls resident evil 2 remake they went to third person do you think resident evil 3 they might go back to the to the fixed, or do you think they could do first person like do you think they no. might change that or do you think they're just gonna do third person again similar to 2 i highly assume so i for context the reason i brought up resident evil 3 is because just yesterday there were leaked images on the ps store mm-hmm. High, it's pretty much going to be announced at the um i mean it's it's been kind of rumored for a long time heavily rumored but it's going to be announced at Soon-ish. game awards yeah, pretty probably much. um so I think, like a lot of people, I imagine they will close out Resident Evil on the PS4 with Resident Evil 3 Remake, and then 8 will be next-gen, first-person. Mm. Uh, I know they've said for a while um, in this, this video that Tamor led that I, got, I had the chance to help out on um, back when we were covering Resident Evil 7. Actually, the one time I've been to Japan was for Resident Evil 7. We were talking about, the developers were talking about how they saw it kind of as... Um, sets of like trilogies so there are the original there's code veronica and zero but by and large the, there's the first three numbered ones which were mm-hmm. fixed camera angles um tank controls puzzly and then there was four five six which were very drastically in terms of quality but were uh third person shooter action over the shoulder and then uh with seven they wanted to prove they could do first person so i imagine they'll go seven eight nine whatever first person but i think I, I think they would be kind of dumb not to follow up on the success of Resident Evil 2 with a similar over-the-shoulder, like, making the dodging good. They've proven they can actually do the Nemesis. Resident Evil 2 Remake's Nemesis is way better than Resident Evil 3's. Resident Evil 3 was way more scripted than people are giving it credit for. I don't know why people think it was, like, this fluid thing. It was not. Yeah. Um, I, 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 
I strongly suspect they will stick with a Resident Evil 2 remake style for Nemesis and then Resident Evil 8, which I really can't wait to see what they do. Because I, the more I think about it and the more I return to it, I love Biohazard, uh, Resident Evil 7. Mm. I want to do VR so good. in that game. Well, I think I want to do VR in that game. It's, John Luke did VR, right? He did. He played they the whole game. John Luke did, played VR. that game like every possible way. He did yeah. the um, he did Madhouse. Madhouse too, yeah, yeah Mad- Madhouse Shout is no joke Luke. at all. <laughs> That's a great feature he did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well. Madhouse is fucking... It's not just um, harder. It's... It's, it's like reshuffle, They right? reshuffle things. It's one of those things where, like, the original the harder difficulties in those games, you can't... Um, the save box is not a portal, so you can't put something into one save box in the living room, and oh, then... Oh, you literally have to... Be, it, that is yeah. its own box, so if you want the thing you put into that box... <gasps> That's such a pain. And I could yes. be wrong if they did that in Madhouse. John Luke might have to correct me, but they did that in the older games. I'm pretty sure they did that in Madhouse, and... Um, the fucking the the dad was just the Baker dad Baker the Baker Jack, Jack yeah, Baker the Bakers yeah yes the Baker family. They, that, welcome to the family son yes yeah. that whole game is just phenomenal I, I love that game um but yeah I'm looking forward to Resident Evil three and I'm if that's gonna be announced at the Game Awards like like it's heavily implied it will then I'm very much looking forward to seeing like if they show gameplay for what it will be because I'm trying to think what the with seven they showed how did they announce two. Did they just do it? Because I remember, I remember seven. They they seven, had the they weird had demo. They had yeah. the kitchen demo, and then they revealed it at E three. Two was E three, and they had another demo. And because two was E three. I'm almost positive because for that was the year they. I thought we that was the it. year they was did that it. Huh? Was we do it? Resident Evil two. Everyone was asking them to do the two, and then the slogan. Oh, man, I forget. I'm I'm almost positive it was E3. I th- I think I remember like seeing people freaking out about it on Twitter around that time. But and then it was Resident Evil Seven. How did you say they did that one? No. So the cool thing about kitchen Resident Evil Seven was I they and had I, two demos, right? They had oh, the, the kitchen, kitchen demo. and lighthouse. Uh, well, they had that other. De- I remember they dropped it at E3 and Joey Yi, who works somewhere else, he used to work with us. He like Ty was like Joey, capture now and like. Joey threw all the capture setup together and downloaded it and captured it and it did pretty well for us. But I remember it being a pretty big surprise announcement. So I remember, I remember seeing it and everyone not knowing what it was uh, in, because obviously it was first person and everyone was like, what the hell is this? And then they, they did the thing where the, the logo changed and you could see the seven within the logo. And mm-hmm. I was like, God, that's so cool. Remember they, remember they did that with uh Fuck! What what did they call the Phantom Pain? Or no? What what was the member Metal Gear oh, Solid? Oh, the Moby Dick. Moby Dick um, Studios. I forgot yeah. what the name of the game was. And then it was when just you Phantom look, Pain, I think. Was it Phantom Pain? Yeah, it just oh, didn't have and Metal then, right, Gear. And then so yeah. I guess that's the logo on the box now. It's Phantom Pain, but it carves out Metal Gear yeah. Solid Five. Or yeah, Metal Gear Solid Five. But then I remember Alex Rubens was like uh, backstage for some reason, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, so Moby Dick Studios. I'm looking, and I just see all my like these are all just Kojima Productions people, and we're like." Oh, okay. Well, that's just, and then everybody's like, "Oh, I see it now." It's like the the arrow in the FedEx logo. Now you just yeah. can't help but see it. Anyway, Mike, what are your uh, oh, ten yeah. through six? Uh, you guys, I ta- you guys know my ten. Well, no, we don't because we haven't announced anything yet. Sorry. <laughs> no, okay? so my ten is uh, Disco Elysium. What a game! Fire Emblem, Apex Legends, Total War Three Kingdoms, and then five was They Are Billions, which or has six. been in. Yes, correct. My six. So yeah, my six is they are billions. Um, but now the more yes, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, ah oh, man, I really like Total War Three Kingdoms. But um, 
Fire Emblem, Disco Elysium. Like, we'll probably. I'm sure you guys will want to talk about that at some point. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, oh. I think I think the ones that I want to hear you talk about are uh, Three Kingdoms because I don't think many people played that, and also they are billions, which is a yeah. game that I don't think a lot of people played. But you love strategy games, so it makes sense that these are two of your favorite games. Yes. So uh, I'll start with they are billions because people might be wondering why I'm just putting on a list this year. Uh, it actually released this year, technically. It was in. Um, it's from Numantian Games, a Spanish studio. Um, of at, at least in America, we don't get many games from Spain. So like, they actually kind of triggered this interest in the Spanish game scene, which is pretty, uh, like not huge, but sort of interesting because they actually have, are doing like a lot of kind of weird stuff. Like they are billions. Um, mm. but it was an early access for a while. It's a zombie RTS against. Imagine if World War Z was an RTS, but steampunk. Um, but this game is like my dream strategy game. Um, I'm not trying to sound condescending. Do you guys know what turtling is in RTS games? No. I think so. If you tell me, I'll know what it is. Yeah. So I, so it, this okay. It, basically, like peeking I play. Your head out? Huh? Like peeking your head out? Sort of. I play super defensively in RTS games. So like, you're not gonna play like this if you play um, Zerg in or the Swarm in. Um, Okay, so it's Starcraft. Def- it- you play defensively and yeah. you build up resources and then you keep expanding by like inches and then mm. you get ready for like a, a huge assault. That right. was my guess. Yeah, that's what you were going <laughs> to oh, say. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So They Are Billions is kind of predicated on the idea of you're building this small steampunk settlement to defend against these waves of zombies and there will be massive waves of zombies every certain number of waves or i'm sorry every certain number of minutes there'll be a timer but there was also just zombies scattered across the map and there's a lot and there's obviously not billions on screen but that's what the, the villagers shout in the last wave but you are turtling in the sense that you are balancing do i need more real estate right now or are my resources better spent on just building the walls because it's very defensive and it is so that is the game, honestly, like for how little I guess I talk about it in an everyday setting, I think I return to that more than anything. Um, this is more a personal like anecdotal thing, but that game is probably the best um, anxiety medicine game for me. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. a lot of people are saying that about Death yeah. Stranding and like No, that makes total sense. But even past the meditative, like turtling in Red Alert 2 was always like when I wanted to go back to it. If I didn't know what I wanted to play, I would just like play Red Alert 2 and turtle because there's something so satisfying about gathering resources defending it's obviously very different than just like throwing people at uh, another strategy game i really like is battle for middle earth and like all the like uh moria or the goblins i'm sorry uh isengard um mordor and the witch king's armies those factions were very much about uh like offense like just oh, kind yeah, of you have thousands and thousands of them yeah and you're then and they're all um Disposable. expendable that's also a big with turtling you don't really you try not to have expendable units all mm. your units it's very much like an investment it's like real life it's i guess this is a tangent now it's like real life yeah no sorry <laughs> not zombies i'm talking okay um, no we were at it was uh i was i so my brother's in the military and i was talking to one of his friends who is still in the marines when we were playing call of duty and one thing i never thought about it's like yes obviously for the sake of these people's lives if someone gets captured in a war zone or a paramilitary zone you want to rescue them because they're a human being and they're like fighting for our country etc but also like millions and millions of dollars go into that one person to train them and you don't really think about how many bullets they fire a year to train to become these expert marksmen but they fire 
a lot of money in bullets. Mm. Uh, I didn't really think about that until now because I'm talking about what was I talking? Oh, investing in units and they are billions. Um, I was gonna say, is this an elaborate way to talk about XCOM? <laughs> I could do that. Oh, you, actually, yeah. yeah so XCOM is really good. Nope, nope, very different. Nope, but nope, sorry. Nope. <laughs> um, but they are billions is very much about defending your the the property you have, and then when you need more resources, are you better off upgrading stuff or moving outward? And eventually, you want to clear out the map. The ultimate goal being you want to survive the final wave, in which they come from all over the map. They, they come from the edge of the map, new waves, but also any zombie you did not kill that was wandering the map will join those waves. Oh. And there's a lot more nuance to it, but it's probably my... It's, it's up there among my favorite zombie games, mm -hmm. um, like along with Left 4 Dead, Dead Rising 1. But it's also just a fantastic RTS game. Um, and then Total War Three Kingdoms is just phenomenal we talked about this uh Callie, you know you played a lot of civ um yeah i'm super interested in total war especially after hearing you talk about it um because i know like our reviewer Ginny Wu, uh said similar things in her review to you like um like one thing i was so intrigued by was diplomacy and how the ai works um I'll obviously let you speak to that but that was like the thing that really captured me made me really interested in total war three kingdoms yeah it's oh man it's i mean so correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of Civ 6's, a big focus with their expansions has been going toward refining the diplomacy. Yeah, I would say so. So Civ 6, I think, I think Civ 5 overall is a better game. Uh, Civ 5 is one of my favorite strategy games, games in general, but. Yeah, I, yeah. That's a whole other can of worms, but <laughs> um, more so than any other strategy game. And even like just in terms of fantastic AI, Total War Three Kingdoms has the most believable AI characters and I I would sit down and I would almost feel like I got the thrill of a multiplayer PvP game but it was still a solitary thing because I mentioned this and it's it it was it's like taking at what point do you realize it's a computer and not a human it felt like I was taking the Turing test and in three uh, Total War Three Kingdoms I didn't I would not have known like Lu Bu is such a fucking dick and he's he's I can see him moving his armies around the West, but we're allies and like, don't you do it. I can see you, <laughs> motherfucker. Don't do it. But then I'm like, I've got spies in this guy's camp, but we're kind of on like weird terms. It's awkward every time we're in the same room. And then I'm like and then the, the bandit leader, who's the most one of the most badass. She's fucking sick. Um, I have spies in her. We're really good allies, but I know that she's very good and she might be good in the end game because I can tell um, the way she's building up to the north. She's got a, like a pretty solid line. She's turtling. It's all connected. I got it. And it's I, I feel like I am the AI in that game is just so good. It's it like the the combat, the actual um the battles are great. And they also added hero units. They didn't add them. They took like um Dynasty Warrior hero units and brought them in and kind of if you play like a lot of RTS games have hero units, which that's kind of where um Dota spawned from, those kind of units. But um yeah, the diplomacy in that game is phenomenal. It feels like you could be backstabbed at any moment. Uh, things might be going completely great, but then there's this... These AI characters will have been plotting behind your back. These three, maybe they... I'm sure they weren't actually, but something in the game's code was like, oh, these three are gonna turn on you at some point. And I did not see it coming. I'm like, like, A2? Brute? 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 I don't know how to say it. Like, uh... Brutus? Yeah, I mean, the, in I, Latin, In my though. brain, it's just et tu brute. Like, et tu brute, really yeah. Isn't it, there's a band called et tu broccoli. That's good. Really? Et tu brute. 
Also, I'm just really enjoying watching Jake die inside every time you say the F word. Because he has to bleep. Oh, out. shit. I got to yeah, go. So I'm really enjoying Jake's cowlick. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. You, please, you... Do I need to fix you it? You have like a wild... I, I mean, I... Well, no one's going to see this except for... Well, I know, but like it's distracting me because it looks like you got a little antenna going. You fixed it, but it was it was like a little... Like who from Whoville? I mean, that's... I mean, people are talking to me it's through Christmas, this antenna. Callie. This is how I know what to say. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up, though, is a little bit of a plug for Chris Bratt because he did that really rad video about yeah. uh nuclear gandhi and how that rumor spread and how like yeah. it's not ac- it may not be as true as people thought it was and like he even reached out to the developers and the developers like like he I, sid meyer right is the he reached out to sid meyer and sid meyer was like well you know i feel like i can't say anymore mm-hmm. like it's 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 a mystery uh definitely check that out it's super interesting like i'm not super into these kind of games but uh that video was fascinating yeah as well I, as all of this stuff no, I'm after hearing you talk about Total War Three Kingdoms, I am so sold on it. Like I really want to play it. I know it's the kind of game I would really like. And I I I really think from from what you've described and what I've heard about the game that the the way you interact with the AI is is really new for the genre, like really really important for that genre. So I'm excited to check it out. I wish I wish I had thought to do it. It's one of those games where it's like I don't have time for this. Oh yeah, it was a time sink for me. But I, it, that's the tough thing. I know. I think Dave Jewett really liked. It. Oh, Dave Jewett definitely. Oh, also the really yeah. minor thing to add to the democracy. You also are building out your own court. Um, so you're promoting certain people and that's going to piss this dude off mm. who he could fucking say, oh, I'm sorry. He could say, <laughs> he could say, screw you to you and then go off and join another army. And then down the road, be one of your main rival generals who keeps screwing you up on the field and all because you didn't promote him earlier in like 10 hours ago. It's like real life. <laughs> <laughs> you guys anyway. don't have that. You don't run into people on the streets, want to fight you. Cause you No, I'm just joking. I've never managed a person in my life. I've never been a boss. <laughs> I'm going to my. <laughs> yeah. uh, number ten for me is Kingdom Hearts three. Just kidding, I didn't play that game. Ooh, <laughs> I, what? Hey, how long no, you get that no, locked and loaded? That was way too spicy, dude. <laughs> you could have uh, hear something wild. It's not on yours, huh? Well, it's not on mine, but also I never finished it. Oh which wow, that says a lot. Damning ah. So I'm, I'm about to blow all your minds right now. Kingdom Hearts three came out this year. Crackdown three came out this year. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. No, I, I, my, I enjoyed nep- my nephew was obsessed 3. with that game, and uh, that Which doesn't one? make it a good game, but he, I've had such fond memories of that game. Of and, what? And, Crackdown. Yeah. And Borderlands 3 all came out this year. I completely forgot. Like, when I, I was... finished that game, yeah, and I, I just didn't even think about exactly, it when I was like, doing I, my top 10. Like, I, I enjoyed Anthem what I played of Borderlands. <gasps> Anthem came out this year. Yeah, Anthem did too. Days Gone came out this year. Fuck. These are all games I actually sort of defend in certain ways. Like, Anthem, again, like, really healthy foundation. Yeah. That which, was my which, thing. You, which you you didn't know that was my thing with anthem too i mechanic I, I liked, mechanically i was gonna say like i i played the alpha and i really enjoyed just zipping about in that game mm-hmm. but when it came down to it there was nothing no when I it came using down the word content but that game content. really needed more content yeah. because yeah. that that mechanical joy was there for me yeah so yeah. a lot of games came out this year that you forgot about. Jake, what are the games you didn't forget about? <laughs> uh, number 10 is Death Stranding for me. Nine is Apex Legends. Eight is Katana Zero. Seven is Plague Tale. And six is Control. Okay, so I think we'll probably talk about Control 
Yeah, I figure we'll save control. The ones I want to hear you talk about are Katana Zero, because I feel like that didn't even come up Mm -hmm. earlier. And then uh, Plague Tale, because I've heard so many good things about Plague Tale. Yeah, I mean, Katana Zero, I don't know if I have a whole lot to say about it. The music is incredible in that game. Like, even if you don't have time to get around to the game, you should look up the soundtrack, because it Mm -hmm. is great. Uh, But it, it is a lot like a... I mean, I guess Hotline Miami is 2D, but it is a uh, side-scrolling Hotline Miami, I would say. But there's a little bit more stealth mm-hmm. to it. And the story is very interesting. Like, in between each uh, gameplay section, you're talking to a therapist. And you can kind of choose how <laughs> you want to... Just like real life. Hey. Just like real life. You know, you <laughs> kill a bunch of people, and you go to a therapist, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, But you're making a bunch of decisions there, and... You're given you're given a mission objective and you're told like don't ask questions don't ask questions but you can continue to ask questions if you want. What's no? Oh, I'm just Mike, sorry. I'm thinking of mind? like recent therapy sessions. I got a lot of skeletons in my closet. Sorry. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, I I haven't been to therapy in a couple of weeks, so looking forward to that. That was my joke. I wasn't talking about killing people. I was just talking about oh, okay. how therapy is is a thing. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's just a solid action game. It is frustrating. It can be hard. Um, I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't. Like it didn't hit at the same level that Hotline Miami did, I would say, back in two thousand ten. So, so would you 11. say Hotline Miami hits different? Yeah, it hits different. <laughs> um, just that shout out to Michael Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do really like uh, Katana Zero. I think that's a good game, and I think people should should give it a shot. And if not, like I said, mm-hmm. the soundtrack is killer. So Plague Tale. I am so disappointed in myself for not playing Plague Tale this year because me too. Can I tell a quick anecdote about myself that is very that will just reveal like a part of my personality that is like kind of embarrassing. But when I was in eighth grade, I had an assignment in my language arts class because we didn't call it English for some reason in my wow. middle school. Um, to oh sorry, I was thirteen. Thank you. You're welcome. I have seen the movie Eighth Grade. Right. So you have so, an idea. Wait, what, what were you disagreeing with? She didn't disagree with anything. She just doesn't know what our grades are. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people um, also do the Fahrenheit conversion for me because I use centigrade and Celsius. Yeah. So anyway, I was 13. You know what a boot is? On my foot. Yeah, but don't you call a trunk a boot? Yeah. 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 I'm so sorry. You were 13. (laughs) (laughs) You guys invited me on. I'm just. My the assignment and uh, to. I'll try to make it short now. The uh, the assignment was to write five paragraphs on some medieval topic of your choice. And um, I picked the bubonic plague and I wrote eight pages. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, because I was a proto-goth. <laughs> like, proto-emo. Dude, like, if you... I mean, we talk a lot about how similar we are. Yes. Um, for example, earlier, earlier we are recording this as a video, but it's not going to be we seen. We bo- put our we beers down at the same time. Picked up our beer, drank it, and put it down at the same time. It's like a glitch in the matrix. Uh, when I was thirteen, we had to write an end of the year report, and I did mine on my favorite serial killers. So there we go. So <laughs> Lucy and I are the same person. Um, but yeah, so I had this running joke with my friend in college, like my roommate in college, because I, I told her this story. And every time she saw a plague-themed meme, because they, they happen, they do happen on the internet. Oh, yeah. She would send it to me immediately, and I have this collection of plague memes. So anyway, I'm really disappointed I didn't play this game, because it sounds like it's amazing. There's, pla- there's plagues. There's a plague. Mm-hmm. Uh, you... It says it in the title. Oh, sorry. I should also add that my last name is Plaguey, 
And when I was 13, there was somebody in my class who called me the Cali Plague, and he would walk up to me and be like, I didn't know you could catch the Cali Plague. <laughs> and I would just be like, what? Just <laughs> kicking his stomach. Mm. That's not what I wanted to say. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. Please tell us about this game. Please tell us about this hot woman game. You told me you were telling me to play it a lot right away, and mm-hmm. I I did finally uh, like a week ago. I played an hour, and it was good. And I want to play more. Yeah, I would say I had, I had to leave to travel. It's not yeah, yeah, yeah. saying anything about the game. I, I would definitely say that the it it gets really good in the second half because when you start, it's hard to see the depth in the combat. Uh, and and to be fair, combat does not play a big role in this game. It is mostly about the story, the characters, and boy, does it look beautiful. Uh, and at first that, that kind of drew me along. I was like, all right, that's fine. This isn't going to be a combat heavy game. I'm going to be more focused on the characters, which are great. The story, which is great. Uh, but around halfway, uh, you kind of start, you kind of become a master of your environment after a while. So the big threat are rats. That's what you're watching out for. Most of what you're doing in the first half of the game, they're puzzles there. How are you going to get around these rats? Like, uh, a lot of times it's like, some of it's kind of simple, like, all right, rats don't like fire. So. I'm going to light this wheelbarrow thing on fire, this old time wheelbarrow and push it through a section. S- sorry. Are you saying wheelbarrow? Wheelbarrow. Sound saying- like wheelbarrow. Yeah. Wheelbarrow. <laughs> anyway, whatever it is, this That's cart. 7%, man. I, I want to say this cart. Wow. Oh, do you, does- are you talking about me or him? No. Him. Is someone, um, in, is someone in the back room right now? Yeah, there are people in the back room. Oh, Tom has been there sending are? us screenshots of um Is Oh, I'm sure he has. I'm, Mike. What am I? Oh, my! It's my blinking, isn't it? My face. No, it's because you know? you're on like ten different uh, screens, and it just looks like we have a wall of Mike. The narcissist <laughs> in me is happy to hear Did that. Did you know there's studies that are saying it wasn't the rats that caused the plague? No, it's the, it's, bad the, rat? it's the it's the ticks. It's the ticks on yeah. the uh, the fleas on the rats. Also, but the, plague, the rats just the plague's more. coming back. Good. We need a new plague. Huh? Wait. What? Okay. 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 No, 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 no. Hold don't, on. Hold on. Hold on. Don't let me just let me... brush past the, the plague is coming back. That's news to me, and I'd like you to expand on I that. I would love to, so, so I can properly <laughs> prepare for this. So, they, according to the C- CDC, it is a re reemerging. Re- uh, re- disease because of the number of cases reported in recent years there have been people who died in colorado from contracting the plague the plague comes in three kinds you can get the bubonic plague which is what people died of in the middle ages that's, that's like the, the bad one yeah right? that's, that's no, the one that people died that's from. not the bad one the the worst one is the pulmatic i think plague which is in the lungs and then you get the septicemic plague which is in the blood why do you know so much about this because she wrote an eight-page paper <laughs> i win <laughs> last week wait, wait 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 so hold on why are like people not hands. freaking out more? <laughs> because Colorado's not far from where we sit right now. Yeah, actually, um, plague ca- the plague causing bacteria is called Yersinia pestis, and it causes those three kinds of plague. Of course, right? Um, oh, yeah. I was gonna say that, but Jake needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, it's really common in in places. Uh, like near us so like the Sick. west of the united states but the most recent one i was reading about that the article that had all of this information that i remembered because i'm really into this is uh it happened in mongolia or no it was a mongolian couple in china they died because they ate it wasn't a liver i kept saying liver to somebody and it wasn't but it was some sort of organ from an animal untreated and Classic it was like mix a folk up. remedy um, and they contracted the pulmatic plague, the lung one. The if one. you don't get treated for that within a day, you're dead. But, so. Wait, so then how'd they get all the way to Colorado? <laughs> Different people. 
Okay. It's the rats again, or ticks. See, fleas. I'm still blaming the rats. Fleas. Yeah. It's fleas. Yeah. So fleas. anyway. No, uh, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> we can't just brush past. I feel like, is this a joke? We're all going to die anyway. Why yeah. is, but okay. I would assume modern medicine is advanced enough to not let like the plague destroy what? What, what was it? Like a sixth of the earth? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm there. According the to the earth article. Was a lot smaller back then. According to the article I read, mm. there's research being put into this. If you get, because like the pulmatic plague, you would know right away that you had it because you'd be coughing up blood. So you either have tuberculosis or the pulmatic plague and you would go to the doctor. But if you didn't go to the doctor, well, then you maybe would not in America. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So anyway, Jake, save the NHS, get the Tories out. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> I, just heard a laugh. I just heard a really big laugh from the control room. <laughs> anyway, Play uh, I feel like whatever I say about plague tales isn't going to matter. But uh, so... Yeah, we, yeah. You, way to show them up with the actual plague spreading out, across sorry. the world. You start You're out. Looking at Lucy and she did nothing. This is me. Sorry. Oh, wow. Hiding from rats, you oh, avoid wait, right. you avoid rats, and eventually you kind of figure out how to use them to 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 your advantage. Talking about the game here. For example, one thing that I really liked is that uh, <laughs> I got a text. You didn't. You would. I did too break an enemy's lantern and the rats would swarm them so rather like it's nice. you don't do a lot of direct combat while you can it's not very efficient instead it's more like you got to pick off the most important people what's what's happening <laughs> duh i really did enjoy the sorry <laughs> i got a text from tamor who's in the control room and he says you can't while you're talking to him can can i i mean this out of the goodness of my heart could one of you someone back there bring me another beer <laughs> is, that, is that cool? Is that okay? If they, if they, if you guys to. don't mind, I will be in your debt. I will, uh, I'll get you a drink or some food later. Tamor says you can't say the plague is coming back like it's a limited edition KFC sandwich. <laughs> Good. Yeah, at least someone else is like, don't just say that. That's like screaming fire in a crowded theater and then be like, but anyway, tell me about this game. KFC sandwich. The Merc ribs back, but anyway. That game, so, that game, Jake, that game was good for mine. So you compared sorry. it. It's so, good. so when you first were texting me, you compared it to uh, pacing wise and kind of just like structurally The Last of Us. Does that still hold up after you played? It yes, all? I, it does remind me of The Last of Us and how it's structured. Uh, the I guess linearity is that a word? Linearity. Sure. Yes. It can be. Yeah, the yeah, linearity what was that, of it. What was that awful word that um, they made up for Battlefield Four? Levolution. Cognitive dissonance. Oh, that was it. I will, I will I not forget that one. narrative dissonance. Yeah. Oh, no. no. Okay. Cognitive dissonance is a thing. Yes. narrative dissonance. Is a video game thing. Is invented by. Probably Edge magazine. No, it, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Uh, it's a Splinter Cell director. Oh, Clint Hawking? I'm pretty sure it was him. Oh, shit. I like him a lot. I do too. And I respect I like his stuff. It. Thank you, yeah. Tamar, so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, Lucy, what's your number five? <laughs> oh, um, oh, do you want me to do five to one? Oh, no. Nope, no, no, no. Just, just five? I gonna, feel so bad. That game actually sounds really good. And, you, I, and I, apparently it's getting is, a sequel. That is number one. Yeah, on, so, after, again, to say nothing of final results or whatever, that is the number one game when I get home I want to play because of the arguments I heard. Same. During yeah. GameSpot's delivery. Yeah, you should. It's definitely not perfect. Like, uh, when I played, there were Nothing technical things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing like... There you go. Um, but there are like problems that are kind of easy to point out, I'd say. Um, but I think overall, the the story of that game and the characters and the writing and, and even the combat in the second half, I think 
do more than enough in order to elevate that game. Um, but yeah, anyway, Lucy number five. I think we're gonna do five, 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 and then we'll just keep right. going around. But maybe have to keep them a little snappy. All right, Apex Legends. It's great. I was actually gonna say, Jake, Callie, and me all had it kind of in the nine, eight, seven-ish range, mm-hmm. which was curious. You, you guys all say that you dropped off. No, so mm-hmm. I actually. I, played I still a, play a little bit. I played oh. two matches back in March when it released, and then mm-hmm. two weeks ago I got. I was like, I need to. I clearly need to get a shot. It's. Uh, I love respawn. I love shooters. I love. I mm. like where battle royale the genre is going. I should try this. Played a lot with Jake a little bit, and also Matt Paget, who. Oh, he's not very good. He's not the best um, battle royale <laughs> partner. No, I'm not. No, I'm not <laughs> knocking his skill. I'm not knocking his skill. I feel comfortable saying uh, that dude's mo is to just fucking. Open a chest, square, 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 square. Open a chest, square, 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 square. And then oh. afterwards be like, oh, did you need that blue helmet, that blue armor, that purple thing I got? Oh, that'll probably be one of the next building. It's not his voice. He's <laughs> why, Canadian. Why, not, he's Canadian, not a baby foghorn leghorn. I'm just... <laughs> so I didn't have the best... Right. No, I love Matt Padgett. He's one of my favorite people to play Siege with, and I love I hearing him in... Matt Padgett's our boy, but we always get into these like fake fights with him when we play Battle Royale. Dating back to PUBG, being like, dude, you take everything. Oh, I get... Like, yeah. Oh. I, 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 I did not begin life a patient person. I consider myself in recent years, as I mature, mature, you might say. <laughs> I consider myself a much more patient person than I used to. When I played Apex with Matt, I did not all day say anything. And Matt and I had played probably, we won once. Mm. And I'm not, that wasn't a br- like bragging. If anything, we probably should have won more. But Jake joined later that night and, and Jake immediately is like, oh yeah, Mike, you probably know Matt's a loot thief. And I'm like, yeah, I just haven't <laughs> yeah. said anything. And then Matt's Throw like, right what? The no, I was just, because we play Siege with him too. And it's funny because... I give him shit, and Matt and I sometimes get into arguments where I'm like, I don't know if this is friendly anymore, but then, like, the next day, I'll be like, okay, we're good, but we get, Matt's one of those people who, at the end of a siege round, when all you have to do is, like, sit on a point, and Mm. just, the the only way the enemy team could win is if they run directly up to you and kill five people, so all you have to do, but Matt is one of those people who just needs to get the kill, but I never call him out on it, and then he calls other teams out on it, I'm like, Matt, this is what you do, you mother... Yeah, he he. It's just I fucking love. Ah, I tried to. Avoid, I like the guy a lot. It's just he's such a character to play games with, and Apex Legends just keeps reminding me of him. And uh, it's a good game. Aww. But my point being, I got into it recently, and yes, I see why everybody liked it all year. Yeah. Except I don't like the new map that much compared oh, to what really? I, I, I like, like it the old a lot map more. more. But um, anyway, why was it as high as it is on your list? Uh, it's kind of rare for me to keep up with a multiplayer game like that. Uh, for so long, and Apex has managed to. Apart from Overwatch, <laughs> I was going to say what? Yeah. Apart from Overwatch, Overwatch is like the only one that I have consistently played. Right? I still play a lot of it. It's my game of the year. Well, I guess like um, to us, game of the year it seems year, like right? Apex is kind of like the Overwatch of battle royale for you. Yeah. Like for me, when when you were talking about Apex, like during GameSpot conversations, mm. I was like. You know what? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Like because that's like I'm, Lucy's whole thing. I'm not good at shooters necessarily, but it's in Overwatch you still find ways to be useful in Apex you still find ways to be useful and that to me is um yeah, it it just keeps me engaged, keeps me playing. However, I would say that I am probably the mat of I play with Simon Cardi from IGN and Tamar Hussein from uh from here. And You're the mat. They, they would 100% call me the mat. <laughs> 
of the team. But I say that in my defense is because I'm the worst shot. So I will be the one who steals the best armor because I need it to stay alive. What's your favorite mm -hmm. weapon, character, stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, my weapon. favorite weapon. weapon is the alternator. Um, but I also... It's a good... Uh, the Havoc with the hop-up is also really good. I like the Havoc with the hop-up too. Uh, I also enjoy the Devotion because I will sing the Aerosmith song. <laughs> what's what's the heavy machine Wait, wait, wait. wait what? Sweet Emotion? Sweet yes. Devotion. But sweet, sweet Devotion. devotion. Yes. Uh, you, you phrased it as if the song was Devotion. Yes. You don't know. Aerosmith very well might have a song called Devotion. Sweet Emotion. He wrote like 10 minutes before a concert to fill up a slot at the end. Uh, Did you know certain. Aerosmith originally wanted to be a blues band? <laughs> Why do we all know so much? I don't know. Steven yeah, Tyler's my dad. Steven Tyler's <laughs> Liv Tyler's dad. Oh, I Also, that. have you seen his feet? <laughs> yeah. What? Have you seen oh. Steven Tyler's feet? No. They're... Beautiful? I'm getting, I, well, we got a title beautiful. for this week's episode, <laughs> Steven Tyler's Feet. Um, I'm going to get up the You thing. said something that made me want to say something else. Oh, the alternator. <laughs> did you play Titanfall much? Uh, I did play a bunch, uh, some of one when it first came out, but then I played through two. I didn't play the multiplayer of two. Um, so are you a lifeline player? No, I play Octane because I'm really bad and he regenerates health. That's Steven Tyler's Feet. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Oh my uh, god, hello. Basically, he's worn boots that are way too tight and pointed for years, and so he... <laughs> okay, I, I don't want to body shame, but the guy has broccoli for feet. <laughs> it's Whoa. not pleasant. Um, yeah, he needs bigger shoes. This is a fun shoes. activity you can part participate in at home. You can Google it easily, Google no matter where you are. I mean, I don't have nice feet at all. <laughs> oh my god, I only know things about Aerosmith because that's my dad's favorite band. Kelly, what's, great what's your number five? <laughs> okay. We gotta keep this train rolling. Yeah, I was gonna say, Jay, I don't want to keep these two people here. <laughs> five. My number five was Pokemon Sword and Shield. Oi, mate. Oi, mate. Oi, slag. Oi, slag. Whatever Pokemon battle. <laughs> um, I really, really enjoyed this generation of Pokemon. I, it's uh. You know, Pokemon is Pokemon. It's like, it, it, it's it's not like the case with uh, Breath of the Wild where it seemed like a, a big jump from what Zelda has always been, obviously. But I think the wild area is such a smart, positive addition to Pokemon. Like, I was talking to Andrew Goldfarb, friend of the podcast, and he was saying that it felt like um, Pokemon Go, like the spirit of Pokemon Go but without having to leave your house because he's, you know, he's going out into the wild area, catching a bunch of Pokemon. Checking it every day too. You check it every day because yeah. it changes. At least I do. I, yeah, I do too. Um, Wait, I'm, the Pokemon in the wild area change? Yeah. Day by oh, day. That's yeah, news to weather. Me. They change with the weather and the weather changes every day. So like on December 1st, it was the whole wild area was snowy for. Oh, I played on December 1st and I noticed that, but I didn't know it was scheduled like yeah. internal clockwise. It's, um, it's the same for everybody. So it's the same on the same day. Mm. Um, so if you're changing your internal clock, then you're going to have different things. But yeah, if you're all on the same day, you're going to have this. bastards. Yeah. Um, the people changing the clock. <laughs> the people who made Pokemon. So I think Sword and Shield also have an excellent Pokedex. Like if we're talking about new additions to the Pokedex. Mm. Um, I know obviously there was so much controversy about the, the total Pokedex. I've talked about this a ton and I, I don't need to go over that again, but the, uh, the new additions are fantastic like there's only a few designs that i'm kind of like eh about and it's mostly the starters which is like <gasps> don't say anything about grookey 
Oh, not Grookey, but Grookey's yeah. evolution. I have Inteleon. Okay. Am Rillaboom? I pronouncing that? Yeah. Inteleon? Yeah, Inteleon. Inteleon. But then, uh, like, I think about it, is it supposed to be an intelligent chameleon, Intelion? It's like Intel, like spy. It's spy. But where's the Eon? Yeah, chameleon. Wouldn't that be Ian? Like a Intelian like spy name. In, in, you know, right? you're right. It's probably Intelian. Those. Mm. Ian's a British name. Uh, Ian uh, Ma- Brady. Ian uh, Gandalf. McGregor. McKellen. No, Mc- yeah, Ian McKellen. You and. <laughs> Hello there. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, so I said I, Ian Brady. Anyway, oh I had the criticism. It's not even criticism. I love that game, and I've been playing it a lot. Um, and. I feel like I've been playing the same game since X and Y, mm-hmm. but it's been good every year. I didn't particularly like, um, was it, was the region called Alola? Yeah, Sun and Moon's region. And I didn't, I didn't, maybe I didn't get far enough. I know some cool stuff happens in a late game with like weird paranormal stuff, supernatural. Yeah. I didn't get that far, but I didn't like the region and the actual Pokemon they added, but I'm really enjoying the... The additions in oh what's his name uh Grimmsnarl is probably my favorite new oh, addition. Oh Grimmsnarl's dope. The fucking dark ah, <laughs> the dark fairy combo is awesome. Yeah, and I think correct me if I'm wrong. Based on Bulbapedia, I think he's the Bulbapedia? only mm-hmm. Pokemon, or at least from the new editions, with that combo. Mm-hmm. Dark fairy. I'm pretty sure. Did you just search that on Bulbapedia? Like no, I've been on no, I've been like I, like I said, um, I'm into this game. I've been playing it a lot and getting into it, but. I again like my only criticism being is like I don't play late game stuff I don't yeah, do I don't I don't think I plan on doing the raids unless some of them are like mid-level because I'm not gonna you get be some that good dope Pokemon from that though mm-hmm. like I Gigantamax just, Snorlax is so cool I just get um Eevees and I want every evolution mm. and that's kind of dumb too like Levolution evolution. I just want to get all those and I'm fine X and Y Halucha is my favorite Pokemon of all time I got I finally got him he was in the oh, wild yeah. area oh yeah I couldn't I see him every day he's like walking around the he's same all, spot I with see his him, wings I see him every day he's perched I love that he does this like wrestler pose before every move he's like <laughs> and then he just like jumps off the ropes <laughs> well there's no ropes yeah, he has I, wings he doesn't need ropes but same concept but yeah I'm so the bringing up Sun and Moon is actually uh I've been thinking about Sun and Moon a lot because I like Sun and Moon for what they were at the time. I would say Sun and Moon, like I really liked the Pokedex. I liked a lot of the new Pokemon. Um, but so many people have told me that they bounced off of Sun and Moon. A lot of people who... I bounced off yeah, of it, yeah. A lot of people who aren't already invested in Pokemon to the degree that like I am, or maybe like, Jake has gotten even more invested with Sun, uh, Sword and Shield. Um, Sun and Moon was really hard for people to stick with, it sounds like, from just, I mean, anecdotally from people I talked to. Sword and Shield, I would say, is kind of the antidote to that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think for me, it provides a lot that people were missing in, in Sun and Moon. Um, and then on the, the the more intense side of things, like on the competitive side, there are so many quality of life things. Like, this is the most accessible competitive has ever been. And that is super important to me because I think it's a really cool scene. People are really positive in competitive Pokemon, unlike the, you know, Dexit bullshit. Like... People are so positive, willing to help you, willing to, um, like, I want to give a shout out to Wolf Glick, who was um, the champion a couple years ago. He's been doing a ton of videos to get people into competitive Sword and Shield. Mm -hmm. Um, And now everyone's using uh, Dracovish, right? Oh, a lot of people are using, so, yeah, so also, like, screw him for that. But, like, um, uh, he's awesome, and um, you, you get a lot of support in that community, like the VGC, which is the, that's the competitive 
scene. Video game community. I think it's v- video game comp championships. Oh, I was joking. I think it's what. Oh, I think that's what it stands for. I oh, actually don't know. Nice. I mean, I think because I've I've wanted to maybe not get into competitive Pokemon, but I've wanted to become more invested in p- competitive Pokemon since like Diamond and Pearl. I remember I got the complete Pokedex and I was like, I'm really going to get into this. And then I Googled it and figured out and it's like, oh, I have to breed thousands of Pokemon. I have to do ridiculous things in order to IVs, EV. And I was like, I okay, I'm just going to collect the Pokedex, call it there. Uh, and I And I think what I really like about Sword and Shield, my favorite thing about it is I'm 80 hours in or so and I have like, I probably got like, probably around a dozen Pokemon that are competitive ready, at least for me. Like, obviously, I'm not going to go play against some of these people who are really good, but I, mean, I have, like, really good Pokemon, and I worked for them, and it, feel, it feels like I worked for them, or they got breeding, traded to me. Yeah, Jake's been breeding Pokemon. Like, you bred a Hydreigon, mm-hmm. which is a Pokemon that I had on my competitive team in 2016. Yeah, and how long did it take you to breed? Like, it took me... It took me so long like it took to me get mine. Probably Back half a day, Sapphire. maybe. Yeah. They've made it so much more accessible, but you still it still feels earned. It's not like the competitive battling is any more is any less challenging mm-hmm. or rewarding. It's just like the tedious shit they really cut down on, and I think that is such an accomplishment for Sword and Shield. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's like that's why it's my number five because normally I, I'm not like a put Pokemon in my top ten person. Obviously, Pokemon is like my life, and I love Pokemon so much, but. Um, it's one of those like semi-annual series that I, I feel like, you know, Pokemon is Pokemon. I don't need to honor it with the top 10, but I Sword and Shield just really like nailed it for me. I can't speak to the later game stuff, uh, especially competitive, but as someone who has played every Pokemon since, what was the one before X and Y? The, it was the last Black and White. Black and White. Or black played, and White too. I got back into it with Black and White, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're going to go 3D. But I, I'm such an easy sell with Pokemon. If there are like 30 cool new Pokemon, I'll be fine. Mm. And X and Y, sorry, not X and Y, Sun and Moon for me, I was like, I'm not getting it. It's just, I love Pokemon because I love how creative they can get sometimes the level design, uh, or sorry, the character design. And I already have like a dozen Pokemon that I'm loving in mm. Yeah, it's Shield. such a strong Pokedex. Yeah, that's the easiest way to say it i should have said that a while ago it's got a very strong pokedex and it like a grim snarl i love and haluch is not new but i'm trying to think of my favorite new one it's got to be grim snarl i love oh okay, no, yeah. i like the ice one, q a lot ice q is so ice yeah. really good. he was he was i was asking him pretty much this i'm like how are the new pokemon and he's like um there's no octolox the attack <gasps> octolox is cool oh, too I like um, oh no oh wait no octolox is grapplock and then yeah. clobopus yeah clobopus is so cute i love clobopus i'm team Grookey. it's every weekend oh. for me uh, oh, oh my god uh, no but he why is he not water and fighting yeah i don't know i so, think probably because they didn't No, this is actually this has been a, a trend for a while they've been kind of doing twists on what the poke like what you would expect for the pokemon so um I'm, I'm of course going to blank on an example right now, but they've been doing this with Pokemon like Grapplock, which is an octopus, but not making them the obvious type. Is that so? When you're facing them for the first time, it's not. Oh, I'm just going to use. It's not like oh, it's obviously water. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I used. Oh, you know who did that to me? And I know he's not new. Uh, Pseudo Widow. Oh yeah. Oh, I did not yeah. know it's just fucking I still rock. Get confused. Yeah. I didn't know he's rock. I, I thought, thought he was, he was a tree, rock. so he's plant was rock or grass. ground. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I just kept throwing fire at him and nothing, and I started throwing 
No, water would have done something. I'm not going to water this plant while he's beating the hell out of me. Like, <laughs> oh, then that's what you needed to do. Thanks, yeah. Pseudo Woodo. Yeah, so because- I caught him, and now he's not doing anything for me. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with Pseudo Woodo that's so funny is when Pseudo Woodo was introduced in Gold and Silver, the whole thing was you had to get a watering can from the flower mm-hmm. people to water Pseudo Woodo to, like, get it to move out of your way. But you were damaging it with that. Oh. I also just really like how much character there is to each of the towns. Yes. Like, yeah. I love that um, Spike Muth is, is like, yeah. the, is that the, that's the it's dark the punk gym. town. Yeah. So if, I got, I got, in S.H.I.E.L.D., it's we're the dark gym. We're going from Postwick to Spike yeah. Muth. Yeah, it's, it's like a, like a seedy <laughs> underbelly place. But then there's, I'm not, um, not quite oh, yet. Yeah. what is the, what is the weird one where, um. Still on side. No, Stoan Side's the like Bal and Leah. Bal and Leah, yes, that one's cool. That's like the uh, the mushroom planet from Revenge of the Sith. Oh yeah, Lucy, what do you think of the British aspects of this game? Um, I actually really, it's quite nice. I do like you like it. it a lot? I like it. There's I like don't... slang. You get the slang. Everybody's oh, your I'm mom. going. I'm going over to hers. Or I'm going yeah. shopping. I feel like you've been barraged with games set in the UK since you moved here. For Forza Horizon Four, this. Mm. Now that I say both of those, I can't think of more. Watch Dogs. But... Three next year. Oh, Legion. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. that. I was thinking no, no, about that. No. You, um, oh, speaking no, of Clint Hawking, I can't going, wait I'm for just, that game. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're going to Moto Stokes. Oh, yeah, sorry. We're going sorry, to go sorry. to the I'm Wilds gonna, area. Mike, what's your what's your number five? <laughs> we got we got to uh, keep moving. I was going to so, say we've been going five. So over because now. it's one that we are, it's sorry. Resident Evil Two. Okay, we already talked a good amount about Resident yeah. Evil Two. Can I? Oh no, no. Do you want to add something? No, no, no. It makes sense to. Okay, number five for me is Outer Wilds. I almost said Outer Worlds. It is definitely Outer Wilds. Okay. That's one of my favorite games this year. We can save it because I know that's no, probably pretty high you on your list. Don't you spoil this. I'm not going to spoil it, but it might be there. Uh, Lucy, number four. Death Stranding. Mm. Death Stranding. We've talked a lot about it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We have talked about it previously. Yeah. Yeah, we already got that four. out of the way. Four for me was Control, which we've also talked about extensively oh. on Gamespot After Dark. I feel like we're cheating now. <laughs> we're like, oh, we no, 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 no. We're getting well, this. No, I mean, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can talk about these, but um, yeah, I mean, Control rules. It's also my number four. Really? Okay. What, where is it on yours? Uh, higher. Well, control was six for me. Oh, okay. So, yeah, well, so is did you have it on your top ten? I haven't got there yet. Uh, should Number we wait until that to talk about it, or just talk about it now? And you then talk about it now. Talk uh, to you. Talk about what control? control yeah. Great. Uh, sure. Control. We can talk about control. Purely on its. You go. I was just going to say, I got so into the world of that game. I loved exploring and control so much. And I also, I mean, I think there are people who don't like the combat and there are people who who do. I was one of those who who did really like the combat. I loved throwing shit with my mind. I loved levitating. I loved when I, when I got the ability to levitate and I explored, like I went back to the places I'd already been to and explored and found secret areas and found freaking cool Easter eggs in that game too. Did you find the Harry Potter one? (laughs) <laughs> what? 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 Okay, never mind. Continue. Apparently, we're not going to talk about that. Oh, there was a Harry Potter Easter? No, never mind. Yeah, there it is. Was no, it, was sorry. it a goof? It not was a goof. goof. Yeah, there you go. There's a. There's That's more to it. That's why none of us reacted. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was a long con, right? No, it's it's boiling or brewing. Boiling. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I I think like Doctor Darling is one of my favorite characters in oh, games this year. He is dynamite. He sure is. Yep. Um, also, it's got that bod in decent shape. I think that's what Lucy was getting at. Oh. Oh, I was, <laughs> oh, I was you getting, were using the song. I, I was the using the video. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because that's where I was getting at. Oh. Oh. I'm just saying. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah, yeah he, he does good. look good. Yeah, he's good. Um, he's had to throw him in there in his tidy whities 
know when I was playing it. Do you think that was his idea? I hope so. We call that fan service, <laughs> and I appreciate it. And it's in many of its More forms. Like man service. <laughs> <Ooh>. uh, <laughs> um, <coughs> sorry. So yeah, good game. We uh, so one of the reasons I haven't been here for the last few weeks is I've been doing some audio logs for season two, and I'm super excited that we have control. Uh, we're talking to the game director Mikhail about uh, the ashtray maze, which is the that's standout level crazy cool sequence yeah from this year can i uh share a little tidbit so a lot of people are you talking unless about- it's from audio logs and no 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 no. i don't know work? about that episode of audio logs mm. um did you go to sweden for that one no uh, well they're in finland but uh finland, they were sorry. in Different. they were in the uk for um xo 19 what is that the oh, Xbox. Xbox thing. Right. Okay. I've, it was I think they were doing something City for and then London and then Crossfire. Gotcha. Um, so, Ashtray Maze, mm. literally saying it out loud, mm-hmm. sounds like Ashtree. And one of the biggest inspirations, this is serious, mm. um, one of the biggest inspirations on uh, Control was the book House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danielewski. Mm. Um, mm. I also like wanted to talk about three other books that kind of got brought up earlier about serial killers. I'm reading Devil in the White City, finally. Oh, oh really? that's a good book. Yeah, Isn't it surprising how much of that is just about architecture? Yes. <laughs> but, but hold on. Guess what? I studied for two years and then like serial thought that was my calling. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I'm actually enjoying those chapters <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. It is like, it's my... Oh, that was gross. Almost what I just said. I was gonna say it was my. It's like a wet dream of a book for me, but I shouldn't have said that. So I didn't say it. You and did, then you though. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That book. But yeah, that book no, but is I know, really cool. Like, yeah, I'm. It's a good. It's I a good talk book. more and more about how much I read on podcasts. I stopped for a while. I didn't for a while because it sounded made me sound pretentious. But I enjoy reading quite a lot. And I. You can read. <laughs> Dragon. I didn't expect the positive reaction to that um, that I got. That was good. Uh, whatever. But I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm chill. I'm cool. Okay. House of read. Leaves. Uh, House of Leaves. Uh, it is takes place on a street called Ash Tree Lane. And also, when you go even farther back, and there's a lot of Norse mythology in uh, Control. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go down to the basement where... Ati. What's his name? Ati. Ati is vacationing. Mm. You see the tree drawing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go far back enough, the tree that Odin was hung from was an ash tree. Uh, so I believe uh, there's a video I'm working on. So <laughs> Hashtag collab. Mm-hmm. About, about about the world building in this game and it is a testament to the world building where i'm with the people who i don't i think like the force unleashed did this combat better back in the day shut up <laughs> shut <laughs> no up. i said that just to ruffle some feathers i don't think this combat is phenomenal as a lot of people think it's fun and i think it serves the, it serves the story really well and i i'm not too big of a fan of uh jesse oh you don't like jesse Faith? no you don't like her i like everybody else in the game like She's she seems so too put together. Whenever people say Jesse, I think of Peter Brown's review because I cut it, and the first line in his review is "Who is Jesse Faden?" And for some reason, that always just goes through my head, just the way Peter says "Who is Jesse Faden?" at the beginning of this review. Anyway, that's all. I, that's all Let's I have to offer that. that. To clarify, he cut the video. Like I cut the video, review, the video for, for review. Peter's review. Yeah, the. The world in this building in this game. The really cool anecdote I got from Stuart McDonald, who is one of the lead world builders, and then I also talked to Brooke Mags, and she was one of the lead writers. They talked about how 
when you're looking at you're imagining that structure in real life and it's based on a building in new york which is actually downtown from where i live sort of and it's or sorry uptown from where i live and it's this brutalist looking building but it's mm. it's pretty kind of creepy to look at and now that i know that's what the inspiration was it's funny but the analogy they kept coming back to throughout designing this world was imagine a haystack mm. and i'm not making this up um when i was talking to them they're like okay when you think of this kind of building and you have a it's very much obviously like a big appeal of the world building this game is the kind of clashing of this corporate bureaucracy stuff with this paranormal stuff much mm -hmm. like authority jeff vandermeer's book which is also a huge influence on this annihilation mm -hmm. um the previous book and also one of the best movies of the last decade um when you're talking about the they're saying okay in this kind of building you have a research department you have a sewage department and you have a training department mm -hmm. which one is going to have the weirdest cool paranormal shit research so they're like okay so we can't put all the cool like set pieces into the research department that's just going to front load all that in there what are people going to do in the training department what are they going to find interesting in here so they're like we thought of a haystack if you are going out to one of these altered world event um to find one of these like alan wake or whatever if you're going to find or to investigate this weird thing that happened in idaho and you can't find the source of the paranormal stuff you can't find that needle in the haystack what's the next best thing to do bring back the whole haystack so then they're like you bring back the whole haystack so we kept saying that to ourselves if you were to bring back the whole haystack what kind of processes would it go through in this building how would they sort through it interdepartmentally and then they're like from there that leads to the humor between departments and them saying like yeah fucking clint in uh processing such a dick i'm sorry um <laughs> so like i was like at, at first he said that i was like i don't know where he's going with this but i was like oh that's actually pretty cool like it's like some weird kernel of a metaphor can lead to them not like just um completely over showing their hand in one area um it was really cool it's really fun interview i'm looking forward to finishing the video but um those people are really smart they made the game and that yeah. world building is is a testament to the how good the world building is that like some parts of that game are kind of just fine i think the combat's good i think some of the characters outside of darling are just fine but like the world building itself is what put it up to like yeah number four on my list yes. Uh, my number four is Resident Evil 2 Remake, uh, which we've talked about at length already, but mm. it's a great game. I think I played through that four or five times just because, one, it, it like it's a short game and it's meant to be replayed, mm. but uh, I every playthrough, I was discovering new things, finding out new things. Mm -hmm. You want to hit us with number three, Lucy? Sekiro. Shadows die twice. How are you pronouncing it? Sekiro, Sekiro. <laughs> oh, baby, when you're talking. Wait, what? No, you were saying no, you like Sekiro. 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 And Sekiro Timon got really mad at you. Yeah, Sekiro's in no, Land of the Don't speak Thief. Japanese. I well, I feel like yours is the closest. Yeah, it is. Just tomorrow doesn't know how to admit that. <laughs> I hope he's back there. I hope he's listening. Uh, Kelly, what's your number three? Do we not talk? Do we you want to talk? Oh, about we talk about Sekiro. Oh, it, it's I mean, high up my list. Yeah. It, it is high up my list too. It's great. It's a great game. Oh, I feel bad. It was six on mine. That's okay. That's still top ten. Yeah, mm -hmm. still top ten. A lot huh. of good games this year. Oh, we'll, we'll come. We'll come back around to Sekiro. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. Oh, think you want to come back around to it? Yeah, we'll come back around because okay. it's it's pretty high for some of us too. Um, my number three is Death Stranding. Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Michael. And it was. I'm fascinated because I want to hear. Well, you've shared your opinion on this game a lot. You reviewed it and mm -hmm. you talked about it a lot. It was interesting that a lot of the conversation around this game is like, oh, it's a Hideo Kojima game. What's going to happen? But this was your first Hideo Kojima game, correct? It was. Yeah. What like 
What was your perception of like a Hideo Kojima game before you played this, and now what is it? Because so much of the lens that I look at Death Stranding through is Metal Gear Solid tinted. Yes, mm, like yes. a lot of people, and I know he's done other stuff, but like I'm so curious how it has shaped your like view of him. And obviously, it's kind of like it's super reductive, just to like be oh he's the auteur, like a whole team yeah, made the game. Him, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm just very curious because I know like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I obviously have heard things about Kojima and about Metal Gear, um, Metal Gear, Metal Gear, um, just by virtue of being in games. But um, I just knew that Kojima mixes like very incisive, uh, like a just very cutting war commentary with like mm-hmm. just some wacky shit. Um, his, I mean, like his games are political as hell. Yeah, and <laughs> don't so tell I- it to Dan Riker. He- <laughs> 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 Sorry, there's the thing where he he actually tried saying, "Wait, Metal Gear Solid games are political for a while," but oh, oh my god. Well, so I I knew those things about him, but I had never played any of his games. Um, another thing similar to Resident Evil, where it was just like I just missed the boat and never got around to it, and it's something I, I'm interested in doing now, having played Death Stranding. For me, I interpret it as just anime sensibilities. Like, it's really just Kojima does anime-ass shit. And to me, like, when I talk about that, when I talk about, like, capital A anime, um, having done an anime podcast for a good amount of time, Mm. that is something that we talked about on IGN Anime Club, RIP, um, was just, like, the absolute off-the-wall wacky stuff being levity for the more serious, you know, critique of social issues or political issues, whatever it is. And so that is, that is what I get out of Death Stranding. Like, I, the, the, the humor in that is very anime to me. Mm. So in that sense, I came into it with the vocabulary to understand it already, even though mm. I hadn't played Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Any of them. So... Like, I'm just interpreting it the way I would interpret any anime. Like, okay, it's going to have this wacky stuff, but it's also going to be something, to me, like, it's also it can also be very profound. So, like, I think about th- my favorite anime, like, like I think about Gurren Lagann, and Gurren Lagann has the typical Gainax, you know, anime titty bounce. You got, you know, stupid... Is that the namesake of Mary's dog, Gurren Lagann? It sure Lagen? is. Simone, yeah. Gurren Lagann. Simone. Simone. The digger. The digger. Um, the fire. That dog is, yeah. That dog is gassy. Sure is. Um, but yeah, I, there, there's a lot of examples of this. So when I when I came into Death Stranding, like I know a lot of people took issue with the story, the writing, um, the way the characters were presented, the characters' names, the uh, the um, product placement. But to me, that's all, that was just natural to me. So I, I, I didn't... Um, I didn't think about it that way. I thought about it as like a, this is a very earnest, very genuine look at a particular slice of things. I, it was so interesting to me, actually. Just the, the thing I love about Death Stranding is that it is a Japanese take on American individualism tinged by Japanese loneliness. Mm. So you get the Japanese loneliness and the American just militant individualism and it is kind of a critique on both of those things and a take on like what do you do about these things what do you what do you do about people who are so isolated from each other who are lonely who are desperate when everything is bad 
what do you do? And the answer is all you have is other people. And so I found that very powerful from both angles, from the me being an American and from from knowing that this comes from a, a Japanese sensibility. So um, I found that very powerful. I cried so much. I cried for like half an hour after I finished that game. Just like a release of emotion. It wasn't even about anything. It was just, it I just, every, just everything. It was just about everything. Like I thought about everybody in my life that I love and that, you know, having gone through being suicidal and having, you know, gone through the things that I've gone through in my life and knowing that the people that I love and the people that the friendships that I've made is what really matters. That's what I got from that game. I wasn't focused on monster energy drinks and die hard men and, and stuff like that. Like I, I really got the message. Damn. So good overall first impression with Kojima. Yeah, Sounds absolutely. Like. I mean, I, I know I've heard all the things about Kojima. I think that I've heard a lot of buzz about how he names women in Death Stranding. Cause you hear like, Oh mama and fragile. And I Quiet. think that's, that's just I honestly think that's blowing shit out of proportion I really don't see I don't see that at all I really don't yeah yeah I've been vocal about how much I dislike that game but it's got so many people passionate especially in the GameSpot office too so it's been very fun to hear people talk about it because yeah that's what I love though like I I like that's the thing is there are games that are safe and there are games that are like we can all just be like, yeah, that was really good. I kind of felt that way about Control, honestly. Like, Control is not my game of the year because, to me, it's like it didn't, like, move me in the way that some of these games did, even though I think pretty much everybody at GameSpot loved Control. So we had we even made a Slack channel for Control just to talk about it after we all yeah. were playing it, after we finished it. And that spoiler channel didn't change. So it, the entertainment team has one the changes of like the big release like whatever movie that everyone's just seen or whatever tv show and it changes maybe on a week-to-week basis that control one didn't change until jedi fallen order yeah. came out yeah, because it, everyone was still talking about control there was so much at one pack. point alessandro uh was like hey what if we change this to uh death stranding spoiler chat and everyone's like i think no. it was death stranding everyone's like no no no, no. we're no, 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 still no, no. there's still yeah. much to discuss yeah. with with control and and so obviously like that's not to knock control like i think control's a great game but to me, the thing I one of the things I love about Death Stranding is that there are people who don't like it because I like I like to hear that. I think that's interesting. I when I was reviewing it, I was very stressed out about liking it. If that makes sense. I mean, reviewing games is just a very stressful exercise in general. Mm-hmm. But um, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know what? I really loved this, and that's all that matters to me. Like I I don't feel like I'm stupid for liking it, which is something I've struggled with in the past. I think it's really. I like to hear what people don't like about it because I I think it's such an interesting nuance like just yeah I just really like that game yeah I'm having similar experiences hearing why people like it and I, I haven't been closing my, myself off to that in the last like uh, month or so since the game came out but it's still interesting to hear all the GameSpot perspectives now that I'm in the office yeah. anyway we should move on yeah what's your number three did we did you do your number three void bastards void bastards i don't think it's on anybody else's top 10 in the office no i i played it i couldn't get super into it you're you were telling me about it when it came out like march or something you were like this is a great game and i gave it a shot and i just didn't have enough time to play it i mentioned it at the top of the episode it is very much just it is a game that i feel like was made just for me and uh, it is it is a first-person shooter strategy game, but there's also elements of pre-planning, almost like going back to the early Rainbow Six days. And then there are element. There's obviously like permadeath, where you can switch between characters, which I actually wish 
played more of a part because I kind of mentioned it earlier, like the kind of games I like. Permadeath is the word that usually will get me interested in a game no matter what uh, before I'll at least try it. Um, But yeah, Void Bastards is just such a tight game and it just made a video earlier in the year about how it just like a lot of games this year blended genres really well. Like I know Disco Elysium kind of did that. Death Stranding did that. Um, Fiasco Jima, it's a whole new genre, but (laughs) I don't know. But Void Bastards just to me was such a great intersection of first person shooter uh like rogue lights and implemented well not just as like a f- on some like a box to check on a feature list uh strategy it, it it just it like broke down these walls to the point where it was just like one big room i guess to push that metaphor but it it just the entire time i felt like it just was the most constant uh thrills i've had during a game it was the most constant joy i've had during a game in a while and it uh, I, I love that game. And I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter yesterday, or like when I tweeted out my list, because I did the other day, and people are like, man, I wanted to like Void Bastards more than I did. And like, I think a lot of people are finding it underwhelming, which I totally get. Because if you're not, if you're not into all those genres, some parts of it might feel weak. But for someone like me who is very into each of those, it is one of my like dream games. Mm-hmm. And I, and there, I, I cannot personally point out any flaws that detracted from that so it was just such a like the experience of playing the game was so perfect for me throughout like the 30 hours i put into it Hmm. and i really like that nice i do want to come back to that game uh because it seems like something i would be into maybe not as much as you are but it seems like a game that i could probably enjoy um also i don't buy shock devs right um so some of them worked on that and some (sighs) Do you know Kara Ellison? Yes. She does mm-hmm. a lot of good games writing. She helped write this game. The game is also really fucking funny. Mm. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, it's like dark humor. It's like it's like corporate satire. Like each yeah. of the ships is themed. So you're like, oh, going to this. It's like Borderlands 3 almost. Like going to this Don't, corporation oh, is going to be. Uh, come on, man. Outer Worlds. Say Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. Perfect. Yes. Oh, a game with good writing. You're right. Um, but, uh. Yes, there are there are several people back from like the Looking Glass. Yes. It goes back to, the, to that legacy. If you've played uh, Moon Crash DLC for mm. Prey, it's similar in that respect. I saw it at Day of the Devs back in around GDC, and I was like, damn, okay, I want to play that game, it and is. then I just never got around to it. But it's on Game Pass, I think? Yes. Um, yeah, it's on. It was at some point. Yeah. Because I know they rotate things out, but I know no. for sure it was for a while, right? Oh, yes, I, I played it on PC and it was I like like mouse and keyboard controls, but I believe controllers great as well. Mm-hmm. I am uh, so sorry. Is it, can I go to the bathroom? Yeah, go to like the bathroom. really bad. I wanted to. I figured I would rather than just like sneak out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to figure that out when we switch to video. Yeah, that is a question, huh? Yeah. So probably just have to keep the podcast shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, Jake, this is your number three. My number three is Fire Emblem. Uh, which is a game I played a ton of. I beat almost twice. I didn't finish it the second time. Um, but I'm, I'm a big fan of the series. Mm-hmm. I've played all of them since Awakening, and since then I've gone back and played some of the older ones, not as much as I'd like. Uh, but for me, Fire Emblem was everything I wanted in that, in that series uh, for Nintendo Switch. I remember that game was announced when the Switch was announced, And it got, it kind of went quiet and it got delayed and I think it quietly got delayed and then it finally came out this year and boy, was it worth the wait? Uh, because I think 
the characters are fantastic. A lot of them, and we talked about this on the podcast too before, a lot of them start out as kind of tropes, anime tropes. People tell me, I don't know, I've never seen anime, so I don't you really know. You love such anime. A lot. So I, I don't really know. I imagine there's a lot of anime tropes, right. but a lot of those characters, when you get to know them, which is a huge part of the game, you want to get to know your students, when you get to know them, learn more about them, they become way more interesting. And I think all the Fire, all the fire Moon games, especially this one, do a very good job of making you like scared to death to lose one of your units. Uh, and I know now you can turn off permadeath and you can play without it. But I think even then there is still that fear of like, mm-hmm. especially when you're playing on the hard difficulties, like the second, the, the second playthrough I did on hard difficulty, but I was like legitimately scared when I'd move some of my units because I'd be like, I should be able to win. But if I miss and, and this character dies, I'm going to be destroyed. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, this game just did a brilliant job of that. Yeah. And plus the combat is so good. Like it is so solid and yeah, I mean, like that in itself is, I find incredibly addicting. Like I have a spreadsheet of the masteries mm-hmm. for everyone, what skills I need to be, what lesson plans mm-hmm. and stuff. Because And it's very rare that I would do that for a game, but Fire Emblem, it's just. It's so good. And because I tried Awakening when it came out, I just don't think I was, I don't know, I just don't think I was in the right place for it. And I just dropped off it really quickly. But uh, Three Houses, I think because not only does it have the turn-based stuff, but it also has the Mm. Mm Persona-esque life simulation. School life. School life simulation stuff. Um, Yeah, it's a really great game. It's so good. I, so... After I talked about Death Stranding, so Fire Emblem is my number two, just spoilers. Mm Mm-hmm. I it was very close and I, I maybe I would put it at three I, I mean like they're basically neck and neck for me um for very very different reasons but the one thing I I want to shout out about Fire Emblem is the customization yeah. Like, yeah like being able to look at your art you know your units your students and look at them and and be like you know what you would be a good Pegasus Knight yeah and like you, you can make anybody you can mix and match like on your second playthrough so my second playthrough i did um black eagles after doing blue lions and i was recruiting my favorite blue lions although i love all of them i think the blue lions is like the best house in terms of students but i um i was recruiting them and like i've already unlocked things and you can kind of you can um use renown which is a currency to auto unlock uh, masteries once you have them so I had already unlocked these masteries for these characters so I was like okay I'll try you on something else and I'm discovering like a new specialty for them I I just I love that I think that was a, a great addition to Fire Emblem um, I think next the, the next thing they could do is get rid of gendered classes because that was kind of frustrating because I have one character Linhart would have been a great grammary but he can't because he's a man oh yeah that mm. was kind of weird yeah was I teaching her? I was teaching her something that ended up being completely useless because she could not be something on horseback, I think. Mm-hmm. Or no, she she could not she be... A- it was something about maybe it was like I was teaching her flight and she couldn't... It didn't matter until way later. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, that was something new to me. Yeah. It was very annoying. Yeah, okay. that's a... I can't wait to go back and, and do my like third and fourth playthroughs, especially with the DLC because they've been adding stuff. Yeah, I, I want to finish Golden Deer particularly because it sounds like 
talking to people who did Golden Deer. It sounds like that's the wildest one of the three. That's the one I haven't done. I'm no. really excited to do Golden Deer. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lucy, what's your number two? Uh, control. Control? All right. Uh, and you said your number two is? My number two is Fire Emblem, but um, I would say that like it's basically interchangeable between yeah. Death Stranding and Fire Emblem. And I think Mike and I both have the same one for number two. My number two is All right, I'm going to count down. suck. Oh, sorry. Different note. On one... Uh, Three, say say what your number two is. Three, two, one. Sekiro. Oh, there we go. Oh, I was doing the Sekiro, Sekiro thing. Sekiro. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sekiro. And I mean, if I could have a caveat where like number one and two tied, um, despite my absolute love for my number one game, and I actually think that's a, a like a more important game overall. Man, it's, okay, I'm I, apparently I've been pronouncing it wrong. Sekiro. Sekiro. Honestly, like Sekiro. I think Sekiro. I think you were play you were saying it Sekiro earlier, uh, and that's what ground. See, all I care about is in Sekiro when you encounter people and they go, "Hisashi Budina, oh gummy." What does like, that? That's mean? Uh, just means long time no see. Uh, <laughs> My favorite is um the is it Gyobu? Oh, yeah. My name. <laughs> Um, if you play in English, I didn't. I played in Japanese, but um, someone someone tweeted out. I also out, played in Japanese, but like, yeah. someone tweeted out, "Don't sleep on the uh, the English <laughs> Sekiro dub." I, I actually, I I think the Japanese dub is much better, or the Japanese is better. But I think there's something to be said for uh, the voice actor for Sekiro. I think his English, the English voice acting, I think is very good. Yeah. He's just like a gruff samurai, like tired of people's shit, and I, I think it comes across very well. But anyway. Actually, he's a shinobi. That's what I shinobi. was going to say. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't want to call out a certain someone during deliberations today. He's not a samurai. No, he's yeah, he's not. at all. Shinobi. And this person said it like three times. Tamor. <laughs> you know, my brain when I was when I was thinking, even I know that I was trying to I was like, don't correct it. Don't correct it. And my brain was just like, Obi-Wan Shinobi. <laughs> and then I wanted to go die. because <laughs> That's what my brain went to. So shinobi, like stories about, that's where like the ninja myth arose from, right? Where like shinobi, uh, the like resistance to samurai. Because I know the ninja, the whole ninja thing is largely a myth. But you know, I'm 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 gonna say I'm not an okay. expert, not an on, expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on the anyway. history no there, but um, I know for a fact he's not a samurai. Right, and uh, this game. It, he, he just texted me. Uh, no, no, I'm not waiting for the text. This game. <laughs> he said I was talking about how other people see the game. Grow up. Uh, I. Just, no, he said grow up. Grow up, mate. And uh, in I'm a year right here. When and I'm British. DMC what? Five. That's what Tamor sounds like. Well, not like I said it, but you know what I mean. This yeah. this this combat system is. It's it's tough. Game of the year time is tough because it is hard to to argue your case for something that you want to get recognized without being hyperbolic. It yeah. is it is just mm -hmm. and and I'm not I think like some of my favorite writers and some of like my the these people I really respect are in games, but I think because games are young it's still easy to say, "Oh, this was this thing the most I've ever felt with this or this is the best thing that's ever done this." And you could be right sometimes, but I don't want to go into that territory, but this is one of my favorite combat systems mm. ever put to a video game yeah and like dmc5 just released this year and i get obviously very different games but in the sense that sekiro captures the feeling 
and I'm not gonna try to just sound like some. I'm not like Sekiro captures that feeling of being in a real altercation, and I'm not. I'm not saying that like oh, like I know what it feels like. I'm saying like it actually captures that feeling, and I mentioned it the other day. Of there's a part, there's a there's a point where you're like it's it's terrifying, and mm. but you need to commit at a certain point, and panicking is just gonna. Make it worse, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and when you can, and like it's in, it's such a cliche thing in like movies when someone's in a training session, they're like, "No, control the adrenaline, don't let it take over." It's like when I like went up to uh, Lady Butterfly and I knew how to beat her. Finally, the next day, I'm like, "Oh wait, I can just block most of this fight and I'm fine." And then she does this, I'll just throw a shuriken and then I'll run up and if I time it right, oh, she was actually kind of easy. But yeah. then and like I was still calm enough to like. I didn't need a Xanax before that fight, I, which is often the case in that game. So I picked the game up in March, and I was dog shit at it, like really bad. Bloodborne's one of my favorite games ever, speaking of hyperbole. But I absolutely love how Sekiro's combat system forces you to get up in someone's face when that is the last thing your instincts are telling you to do. Mm. The game is just so much about battling your instincts. And people talk about, rightfully so, how it is about battling the instincts you've learned in Bloodborne or Dark Souls. Yes, but I think it's also just battling the instincts you've learned sort of just like the general idea of conflict. Mm-hmm. It's 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 tempting to get away from something and then attack it when you see an opening as in Bloodborne and it's tempting to just like brute force your way through something without attacking and being kind of relentless fighting back and it is very much fighting fire with fire and I was joking the other night but it does remind me did you guys see Creed 2? Yep. No. So um, there's a scene where he goes. It's the training, mm-hmm. like air, um, training montage, and uh, Sylvester Stallone is teaching Creed. He's like, "All right, in order to fight this guy, you can't back off from him. You're gonna need to be up in his ribs the whole time. So to train him, him and his training partner both have their front foot in the middle of a tire, and he's like, "You cannot move that foot. So they have to just like beat the shit out of each other up close mm. without backing off." Like the like if you watch like Floyd Mayweather, he's the abs- he's like a bloodborne player. <laughs> but it reminded me so much of that is you need to be well, oh, uh two towers. The closer you are to danger, the farther you are from harm. Oh reminded me God. of that. Oh, like Pippin okay. would be great gonna, at Saint say, <laughs> That's how you hook me in. Like as soon as yeah. you said Creed, I was like uh, The closer <laughs> we are to danger. See when he said Creed, what I was, was like that? Michael B. Jordan. This is a, I don't know. I yeah, I think I played that game what a was lot. Can we please go back to my John Lennon? Do what? It Do it again? The strawberry fields and whatnot. No, that it's was not a, my actual <laughs> Honestly, that was just like a Baleg Day situation. Baleg. But no, but I, I just, I love how singular and the word unique can rarely be used with authority, but I think it can be with this combat system. And there have been other things that really encourage conflict, but I, man, the difference in this game between going into a fight and just like jittery and going into a fight with confidence is paramount and i love it and i i the combat alone in this game which we could go on and on about the dragon rod the world building the storytelling and tamor uh has been speaking pretty eloquently about like the actual like subtext of the whole game of which they're like in a in a from software game subtext is huge obviously they um they deal in kind of very uh as tamor said earlier like they deal in subtleties and i that's just on display in spades here and man sake heroes such a good game yeah i mean i think all i really have to add is that uh the most satisfying thing about that game is after i had finished and i was replaying it to try to get the platinum 
going into a boss that kicked your ass so many times. Like Mm -hmm. I probably died 50 times on certain bosses. And when you go in on that second, third playthrough and you know what you're doing and you just wipe the floor with them. Like you (laughs) deflect every single blow, you, you hit them at the perfect time and then you just walk away and it is like the most satisfying thing. Like you, you can get to the point, uh, like I'm not really into speed running at all, but playing that game multiple times was like, okay, I can finish this game in like, in like half a day if I really wanted to, just because I know these bosses so well and I know exactly how to deal with them. And it's just so satisfying. You at the beginning of Sekiro and you at the end of Sekiro is the difference between Mr. Anderson and Neo. I'm serious. Like the subway scene where he stops <laughs> running from Mr. Smith and he turns around and then Cos- uh, not Cosmo. Yeah, Cosmo. <laughs> Cypher. No, Cosmo is um, Cosmo the Kramer from parents. Seinfeld. No, uh, Cypher is like, what the hell is he doing? And then Morpheus is like, he's beginning to believe. And then he, like, later on, he's just blocking like punches with one arm. It's You feel like that. It's yeah. awesome. He's like, no. When He's like, you're telling me I could dodge bullets? He's like, no, Neo. When the time comes, you won't need to. Oh, it's powerful. Lucy, number one. Oh, well, I mean, you know, we should probably... I think I'm the... You're the outlier here. I'm the outlier. The three okay, of us right? have the same number then one. Mike, so let's have Mike one. go. <clears throat> Outer Wilds. Not Worlds, right? Outer Wilds. Correct. The Outer Worlds is a great game. Uh, Outer Wilds. I'll try to keep it brief because I feel like I've been talking for the majority of this episode. I'm sorry for commandeering all this. Um, it's fine. We don't get to see you much. Yeah. Hey, well. I talked about Pokemon for like an hour. Outer Wilds. Sometimes art's not about the execution. It's no, just kidding. Um, Wait, do that again. No, there was the. This is this character I used to do in the office. It also won't sell because. I know. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Sometimes art's not about the execution of said expression. It's more about the act of expression itself. I used to just do this douchebag character. Oh, is this art student character? Yeah, yeah. Is this Mike Mahadi? Oh man, sometimes art itself. Oh, come on. Actually, in um, when I was playing Disco Elysium, I went into the um art cop like um what i forget what is the uh term they use for when you kind of fill out those archetypes i don't know uh, copotype yes copotype it was some thing that they made up i believe like um, i want to hear about outer wilds though. yeah i'm sorry um <laughs> outer wilds is i there's so much to say about it where do i want to just like okay i think that this is a very very timely game it is actually fascinating to look around and see how death stranding and outer wilds and sekiro to some extent and a lot of games this year have dealt with the idea of not how do we stop the end of the world it's the out the end of the world is happening whether you like it or not how do you deal with that and make sense of that Death Stranding was a bit different because it had sort of already happened and how do you make sense of all that and how do you find grace in that? Outer Wilds is just so special in the way that it uses aspects of time in this world that is very indifferent to you, which is huge because this world's going to... I feel like this world is still going on that 20-minute cycle. For those who might not know, it's on a 20-minute cycle and much like Majora's Mask, it's chief inspiration. It's the creative director... Uh, Alex Beecham's favorite game, mine as well. Is it your one of your favorite games as well, Majora? Oh yeah, I love Majora's Mask. It's the way it uses that Groundhog's Day time loop is so essential to the story and the way it talks about quantum mechanics. Which you actually, despite saying quantum mechanics and sounding kind of like a douchebag, that game actually does teach you basic 
quantum mechanics. Yeah, well, like I, the museum at the beginning, right? That you can look through. It's like there's an exhibit. At it's it, like, but, yeah, but but it kind of like teases it, and it like. But in order to get digestible. the ending to the game, you need to have a you need to learn how quantum physics are implemented in this mm-hmm. world. Do, do you mean like quantum mechanics basics, like like Schrodinger's cat, or like that's that's where they start. Okay, and then they go into like the ending of the game goes into some stuff where it's actually projections of that stuff into not necessarily maybe what actual real world right. well, obviously quantum mechanics like and physics Bioshock are not real infinite world yeah it's like quantum mechanics so you're saying there's always a lighthouse right sort of <laughs> yeah but it much more subtle and he doesn't grow <laughs> and i i said this uh earlier this week when we were talking about outer wilds in a group setting i said you start off in the game you wake up on um Timber Hearth, and immediately you'd have no idea, but there are at least four or five systems working under the ground. Like, there's normal gravity on this planet that you wake up on. You take that for granted right away, but then you will not take that for granted in the future when you start playing this game and you're on your 16th time loop or your 26th or your 36th. You will realize that certain planets have their own rules. Like, you don't realize how important when is in this game. And it, the game doesn't just play with time in the sense that there are these time loops you're repeating. It also plays in the sense that you need to be in certain spots or be patient enough to just kind of maybe drift around in space for a while. And that's where it also, I, I, I hear parallels with Death Stranding where people are like, yeah, it's a very meditative experience. I'm like, okay, I can, I can get on board with that. That's kind of what I had with Outer Wilds where I knew this planet would not be in the right state to explore it until this other planet or body of rock had undergone this transformation and what can I do besides be patient or maybe accidentally fall into a black hole that I think is the end of the game so I'm just going to jetpack into the the version of the sun that's in this black hole so I can restart the time loop and die and like so many games like Sekiro is very much about death uh I guess <laughs> Death Stranding is too like I, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to just point out the obvious in the title but there's just like finding finding meaning and beauty in the indifference of this world as gorgeous as it is and as charming as it is with its redwood forests and its banjos and its marshmallows and its um like jules verne looking characters finding the facing that danger and still kind of finding your own poise in it regardless and finding meaning in endings which i don't think anybody's really good with endings or goodbyes but that game gets really sad at certain points, and it's like, yeah, it's actually one of those games where, again, speaking of her hyperbole, it's this game made me. I played through it a second time before I went home for Thanksgiving, and uh, it's like, man, it's it's making me look around at everything's finite, and it's hard not to talk about um, like these philosophical underpinnings when you're just walking throughout your normal life on the way to work but this game actually makes you kind of look around at your surroundings like that and say like oh what is going on under the ground and when is this going to end and how would it end and it's not a matter of if but when and how do Mm -hmm. I deal with it and how do I make sense of getting on this subway or what is the point of this it's a very existentialist game that really revels in letting you find beauty yourself i guess but that's that's putting aside just all the intelligent world design and just phenomenal um using knowledge as progress to kind of teach the player so by the time that by the time that you finally understand the world around you or think you do 
you have 20 minutes and you can beat the game finally in that last 20 minutes and it's such a powerful experience and um yeah i love it i i know a lot of people are calling it pretentious i get that i like it's i feel like whether something is pretentious or not is so a factor of your approach to it though yeah. like i feel like anything could be pretentious like not anything but a lot of things could be pretentious if you want it to be pretentious yeah like being earnest about stuff is yeah know, just go into and, it earnestly yeah and like again I've, I've voiced my criticism about death stranding and but i seeing the parallels between this outer wilds and death stranding and sekiro and all these games this year that kind of deal with uh the finality of things or the um how finite everything can be mm-hmm. or like what are the implications of something being infinite in the case of sekiro or I'm not going to spoil the ending of other games but other games deal with that toward the end and um man yeah it's um obviously i'm talking out of my ass right now but that game makes me think of shit like that and um games the bar for storytelling in games has been slowly rising mm-hmm. over the last decade and uh i think this game despite being not really uh at a first glance doesn't seem like it'd be so impactful uh man it it uh changed how i'm looking at games going forward absolutely i think i so i haven't finished that game but one of my most memorable moments this year i think is when i figured out how the ash twin and ember twin works and like just there's a there was a moment where I'm like, where'd my ship go? Where'd my ship go? And then I look up and I just see it like flying away, and I'm like, oh no! And then it's and I don't want to spoil exactly what the deal is with those two planets, but uh, that was a very good moment that I still think of, and how I tried to so- attempt to solve that I think is was was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very slim margin between Sekiro and Outer Wilds for my game of the year, but Outer Wilds. Uh, I think is the game I will be thinking about more in the future. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess all three of us. Should we do a countdown? Yeah. Three, two, one. Disco Elysium. My number 10. A game I like. That's all I'm saying. I'll let you guys talk now. Man, we've, I mean, we talked about it on the podcast. I'm so glad you guys are playing it and like loving it because. I think when we were talking about it um, earlier today, I was thinking about like all the games that we are putting forward for Game of the Year stuff. And honestly, that's the one that within the first hour of me playing it, my voice broke there, not because I'm getting emotional. It's because I have a sore throat. Okay. Um, (laughs) You can cry, Lucy. It's okay. (laughs) It's just so emotional. No, uh, within the first hour of playing that game, I, I just went like, damn, this is something different and special and elevates the like certainly writing in games um beyond anything i've seen before speaking of hyperbole that's my piece for the day Mm. um but i mean so talking about audio logs we were chatting to the the writer and director uh robert of uh disco elysium and he was like the main thing we wanted to do with this game is to gamify human thought and he kind of explained their personal thought process for for doing it. And like, it's like nothing that I've played or, or have seen in other games because if anything, it just shows you the cracks in dialogue systems of other games. Mm. And that's something that's pretty, pretty cool. And it's just like the, everything from the aesthetic to the world building, the writing that can go from being laugh out loud funny one minute to like, you know, 
dicking about talking about karaoke to just soul crushingly terrible and bleak in you know like the next minute is yeah. it's something incredible and those aren't like I wouldn't consider that an exaggeration like we did talk about hyperbole I called Disco Elysium a masterpiece earlier today in our 10 out of 10 gamesport.com it is a 10 out of 10 for us that's which essential. doesn't mean master yeah it that doesn't is mean essential, essential as the reviews editor I'm obligated <laughs> to say that but um I I when you say laugh out loud funny like I like legitimately laughed out loud and I don't often do that I have a folder of screenshots of just yeah. the funny shit that I was coming up against yeah and like soul crushing like i'm i'm talking like going to bed sad after playing that game like there is a lot that emotionally impacted me and then when you talk about you know the the dialogue system is so brilliant um like i i told you guys earlier earlier today uh too that one thing i loved so much was every dialogue choice you make in that game at least from my experience playing it felt like that mattered mm. everything you say does something whether it's like uh something that really like broke me kind of was i i was like i'm gonna go into this and be such a communist it's gonna be so fun like what's up comrades and then i unlocked a an achievement that's like the world's biggest centrist or something like that and i was like oh my god are you fucking kidding me yeah, even achievement pop-ups were hilarious yeah. in that game yeah that and game like, is brutal to you like yeah. there is no right answer like like doesn't really matter isn't. what you say an npc or your inner thoughts are going to be like wow you're a coward yeah. you didn't yeah. do that and or i, can't, oh, shit on I me can't believe you said that it really yeah. does like i really think um like i'm you know i got that achievement because i was saying like tactful things diplomatic things to try to be like a good cop and then it's like you're a coward and i was like are you what and and i i just felt like every person i talked to every every uh stone i unturned or left or i turned or left unturned every like everything i investigated or opted not to do not to choose in a dialogue tree that impacted what happened to me and not in like a everything is tied in a bow and ends neatly way but in a this is like a real place and you you get the sense that everybody there who's a local talks to each other has this set of beliefs that they they subscribe to or um you know you know the old lady down the street or the you know the guy who does this certain thing or the kid in the the yard who like it feels like a small town in that way Mm. which is an odd thing to say but like the things you say and do come back to you because everybody talks and Mm. like that kind of stuff i think is so brilliant so well written the fact that all of that can come together without it feeling like corny is such an achievement and I, I mean, I really think that th- this is a uh, we we talk, Mike, you talked about um, the standard for writing in games going up and up slowly. Like, I, I really think Disco Elysium is is far and away the best writing I've experienced in a game in a, in a very long time. And um, I would argue it's one of those games that has to be a game because the act of exploring is an important part of how you develop that character the act of specking in because it's got these rpg elements the act of like specking into certain things i was only investing skill points when i needed to when i need something Mm. but then i'm like oh i need to invest in empathy because i really want to empathize with this character or i need to invest in this and i'm like 
building this person kind of organically with what I had to do. I, I, I've never really played an RPG like that where I was investing skill points based on what I needed. Because when I go into an RPG normally, I'm like, okay, here's the character I want to make. Here's who I want to be. But that game told me who I was. You start yeah. out, amne- you're, you have amnesia, but the game is like, you're a drunk and you're a piece of shit. And then I'm building organically based on the, the leads I'm chasing. And I just I just think that's brilliant. I really... I, I would say too, like, it, I, I really like how it almost punishes you for wanting to max out. Like, I... like. I'm just going to invest only in this. And then your character has like the stupidest thoughts that are yeah. bombarding him about things that are useless. Like there's one. Yeah, because we should say that like the skills that you invest in become kind of like your the, yeah, different the voices thoughts, in your head, the voices in your head that speak to you. Uh, and like there's one scene I, I invested a lot into physique and there were these guys playing this game. They were throwing Classic courses. They, they were throwing <laughs> Letterman over here. Yeah, they, they were throwing like bocce ball. I, well, it wasn't bocce ball, but it, it was it, bulls, wasn't it? it was oh, maybe it was ball. that. What's bocce ball? Throw, I don't know what you bowls You throw these is. heavier balls, like shot put looking balls, not that heavy, at, to try to get close to a little ball. For oh, support. yeah, that's um, bulls. No, yeah, that's bocce yeah. ball. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but I was like, oh, I can do this. And it was like a 97% uh, to pass the skill check. I was like, I got this, did it. And my character just threw it into the river. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's like, like I did Rico it. From, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I just realized how much he's like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Like, uh, whole game. All right, anyway. But he, he's like, he's like, are you not impressed? And they're like, what the hell, man? We needed that ball. Like, that's our get. You ruined our game. Yeah. yeah God, That was so, so different funny. than what happened with me there because I found a shot put ball me too elsewhere and like so it played out differently and it's but that was also one of the really funny moments for me but it was totally different i want to say i just i used this example when we were talking about it among GameSpot staff but this was like the first laugh out loud funny thing where i like laughed at it and i'm not going to do it justice but just to illustrate the kind of humor here like you're you're an amnesiac and you're asking your like new partner about the case and you should be like look man I don't know anything that's going on. Like, I need you to tell me about the case. And one of the questions you can ask is like, so is it mysterious? Like, you know, is there like a mystery? And the guy's like, actually, no, it's really cut. It's pretty cut and dried. I think it's like a labor dispute kind of situation. And then one of the follow-ups is, so the case isn't mysterious, but is it sexy? (laughs) And I... And like that's a thing that you can follow to the end of the game, like him being so focused on a sexy component to the to the case, and like I yeah, can't say it, someone said it opens up an objective too, or it's yeah. like prove prove to your partner that this is in fact a sexy case. Yeah, and the thing is, the thing is, that's not <laughs> which is not at all like a real thing, but in no. his head, it makes so much sense. No, like the the thing is, like that's not it, it, I I can't say much more, but like it's that kind of stuff is really funny, but it's not outlandish to a ridiculous degree that it doesn't fit in with the world that has been presented to you i really think it's so beautifully done like the only thing the only like negative thing i really have to say is that there's some grammar issues yeah yeah Yeah, i've seen seen a couple of typos but the it is a is a testament to the quality of the writing uh substantively and and like what the the world building is through writing that me, a person who copy edits all day long and edits things, I didn't care about the typos. Mm-hmm. I literally didn't. And I edit things that are published as I read them. I can't turn that part of my brain off. And I did for this game. So we do have to wrap this up. We've been going on for a while. I do want to say 
a couple more things about Disco Elysium. One thing that, because I've talked a lot about it on the podcast, so have you into more, uh, but I think the music is phenomenal in this yeah. game. The, uh, the whirling in rags Oh, I love theme. That, that theme. It reminded me of just the, the cafe in Persona 5. Yeah, yeah. it, 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 it kind of has a similar... Yeah, I'd say Persona is like a good yeah. Yeah. Uh, comparison. jazz kind of aspect. But there is one scene later in the game where you're, uh, you're traveling from point A to point B and you decide to play a song and that Ooh, song yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about so like it, it, it for me it was so powerful and I was like okay this is wrapping things up like I get what's happening like I love this and my character's like standing at the front yes. with like a boom box like playing the song and I'm like this is so cool and then I get to where I'm supposed to be and the first person I'm like how the first person comes up and he's like how'd you know we were coming and it's like because I could hear you playing your your, your sad music your on stupid rock and yeah. roll, <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, I guess because it was. So I didn't realize um, until I look in this up later, but the the music's actually done by a band called British Sea Power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and yeah, just that normal. the the song that I'm talking about is a different version though of one that uh, is I get one of their more popular ones. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think the music in this game. Have is you great. seen the their feet? What? I don't know. I think that was a callback to, <laughs> to the beginning of the episode. To Steven Tyler. Uh, oh, I thought you said, "Did you see their feed?" And I was like, "What? They're tweeting nah, something." No, not feed. everything's social media. Or, Sometimes oh. I just want to talk about toes. <laughs> uh, have, you so, a, have you got a wiki feet page, okay, Mike? Quentin Tarantino. No, I have terrible feet. I don't want to talk about it. I have a wiki feet page. It's Me not too. very populated, though. Jake, why mine do is weirdly wiki? populated. Do you have a wiki feet page? I don't have a wiki feet. Page. Let's get one. Actually, what, I what are you doing later? <laughs> I need a photographer. My feet are not rated highly because there's only two images so far that I know of. Anyway, I got um, two images, one of each. So we've been going on for a long time. We do want to get to the. <laughs> I said that with such authority. Underappreciated games of 2019. Uh, Lucy, you oh, sent out a tweet earlier. I did. Um, you know how you were like, "Oh, we need to wrap up." Of course, 63 replies. Okay, well, maybe go through 10 of them. Okay. Um, so, so basically, <laughs> Lucy... Goldfarb, that thread about British TV moments is my game of the year. <laughs> which oh, is a phenomenal thread. texting me about that crying yeah. laughing. Yeah. Friend yeah. of the show. Friend of the Friend show. Friend of the show. Andy uh, Farbo. Andy Farbo. <laughs> I don't know. Garfip. Uh, Grindstone. Grindstone. Who, 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 so, Timor Hussein. Flim Flam Jimmy John. <laughs> Uh, actually, they said um, it looks so good, but God, I wish I could straight up buy it because it is a part of Apple Arcade. Uh, ben Pack, a uh, friend of the show and a giant bomb. Uh, I was going to say cast member, like he works at Disneyland or something, but works at <laughs> giant bomb. Uh, it says Remnant from Ashes, which uh, he talked about yeah, when he was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we're getting a lot of love for DMC5. So NYC underscore Ryan B says DMC5. Um, I've seen a bunch of it like I DMC5 did not like grab me enough although um, I did very much enjoy V uh, just because I thought he was just weird Mm. and just sort of he also looked like he's Adam Driver right no, he looks like well, yeah, but he a, looks like yeah, the kid from say, the do you vine. Like him from like a the an, vine of a you know this, this boy's got, got his free taco. taco. Do you yeah. like him from Last Jedi or do you like him from Story of a Marriage or whatever it's called? Or girls or girls or Black Klansman or Peterson Patterson. I like the kid from Vine. We love Adam what, what Driver's philosophy. Um, <laughs> so the hashtag and it says children like there. are this is the cool thing about doing this is that there are a bunch of games here that I have never even heard of. So mm-hmm. like Children of Morta from the hashtag. Oh, oh, I heard oh about yeah. That. I know that family one. with powers. Yeah. 
I don't know. Like, That's my input. This this could be a whole episode in itself is like us just going through we, these cool games. I uh, got a couple for... too. So yeah. I did start to watch the H Bomber guy two hour epic video about Pathologic Two. Is that new? Um the H Bomber guy vid? Yeah. Yeah, it's from like last week. Oh, okay. And I think Pathologic went on Game Pass yesterday. I've heard like really mixed like some people really like it and some people really don't. So I'm curious to check that one out. Um There's a lot of Outer Wilds in here and seem Plague Tale, which we've talked about. After Hypnospace. Party. Ooh, after Party I wanted to play so much. That was so a game I, I need to play more of. I haven't played, but I did actually start playing Oxen Free um on one of the flights recently. Mm-mm. And I was really enjoying why have I just got an email from Riot about my account update? I haven't played League of Legends in <laughs> since like ten years. That's mm. I'm seeing Hypnospace Outlaw. I know that Chloe Rad on our com- or on our SEO team liked that game a lot. Mm. Um, shout out to Rhino Shark for saying Overwatch. Don't worry. We've talked about <laughs> it. That's fine. Uh, why don't we do some of these questions first? I'm going to do the second one, the second question first listed here just because it's a quick one to answer. And then we can go to the, the last one and wrap things up. Uh, but, oh, I forgot to put a name on this one. I'm very sorry. Uh, hi, all. This is going to be quick. Did Kurt really get hit by a trash bin at the end of the Goaty Explainer video? That was hilarious. Best true fiction ever. Also, any chance of having the podcast up on YouTube at some point? Keep up the good work, guys and gals. Uh, yes, he did, we did throw a trash can at his face. So uh, it was his idea. So I'm I'm Kurt's manager, and you I here, was so. not here. And I just got this like message being like, oh, by the way, <laughs> we smacked Kurt in the face of the bin. <laughs> it was his idea. We it did it twice. Uh, he showed me the video and it's so good. That man, it, like, that's like he does physical comedy like no yeah. other. Yeah. Oh. He's like, he's, I'm like, Kurt, he's how coming can we make for your this crown, funny? Mike. Yeah. I mean, did you see him? Come at the king. Did you see when Evan hit him over the head with a glass bottle, a sugar glass bottle? A sugar glass bottle? Yeah. Let's he, try a real bottle next time and then we can talk. Shut up. Uh, I've been hit in the head with bottles before. Kurt. So, yes, you did. And then the podcast being on YouTube? Uh, yeah. So, we are actually filming this. You won't see it now uh, because we're just doing a test, but we do plan on bringing this to YouTube. So, keep an eye out on everything. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was actually asked. I, I, got, I got to give my input on the furniture. That was so exciting because I don't get oh, to shop we for had furniture. Mad Men. A very exciting slide thread. We had like, huh? wasn't it like a, a two-hour also... meeting? We had a we whole meeting went, about we it. We just went through couches, couches, hundreds of couches. I don't have my own couches. place. I live, I live with friends. I don't get to decorate. I was so excited. It's one of the, the pleasures of finally getting to live by myself. I can make my living room mid-century. I like hey, mid-century. Well, we, we uh, mid-century modern right here. Mm-hmm. And bottles of rum that I'll never drink. Why won't you drink them? I don't like rum. I just, oh. they look, just the color yeah. adds more than gin would. Mm. Um, next question. Do you want to do the next question? Yes. Do you want to read it, Callie? I sure do. Hey, ADP with the long history gaming now has games as a service taking up huge amounts of time and generally being spoiled for choice in quality games. It's just impossible to play everything. So what are some areas of gaming that you are blind to? Thanks, Kevin in West Hartford, Connecticut. All right. Quick responses, Lucy. Come back to me. Okay. Callie. MOBAs. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's mine too. Mike. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I would say um, <laughs> fighting games. Mm. 
I, I yeah, I think sports games for me. Racing would, games. Oh yeah, sports yeah. games for me too. I, I miss the smaller racing games, but I try to hit the big racing games like the Forzas and uh Okay, just Forza, but you know. There are a lot of deck building games coming out recently that I'm trying to get to. But, I, but I do I don't know I what the hell auto chess yeah. is. No. Slay the Spire was this year. I I think a lot of I wish I played more of that. I, I've never played Fortnite. I guess that would be one. Oh yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on with Fortnite. I mean, I know what Fortnite is. I just never played it. I don't know what Fork it is. Knife. Um, <laughs> for me, I would I would say that I'm like indies. Mm, okay. I I would say that I, there are so many interesting things happening in the indie space that I just don't get around. Your to. number one game of the year was an indie. Yeah, but like look at the rest of my top ten. Yeah. Right, it's all AAA. Yeah, it, and I and even, I feel and I feel bad like and I I went to Day of the Devs for the first time uh like I mentioned earlier and I was like oh there's so many cool things that I'm just not that just aren't always on my radar until way after the fact. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think like, even you going through that list of people that games people had read was just like oh yeah there are a lot of games still this mm. year that I haven't played. Uh, Chloe seems like she's pretty in tune though with like what's going on on the Chloe, indie scene. I mean, she's always like got some hot recommendations about yeah chloe used to work at an indie site and mm. has been like my indie guide for a indie long time. guru yeah so um i know chloe really liked hypnospace outlaw mm. um so that's when i'm i'm interesting interested her and i reviewed devil daggers at the same time oh yeah her for ign and you for GameSpot, right mm -hmm. what were you trying to say Michael? i was gonna say if you like indie games if only you liked indie games as much you like corporations and feet <laughs> it's it's hard it really is hard with our jobs to get no, around I'm, I'm not, to stuff i you know? also have that because at some problem. point we have to play these bigger games just for you know, to do content yeah. hashtag content anyway that's been episode 18 of GameSpot after dark thank you all for tuning in <laughs> sorry jake, jake tried to throw worst. his script on the ground and it was all Rack. the it energy right of job throwing the envelope <laughs> in the ocean in Aristotle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you have questions you want to send us, you can do that at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com. I was going to mention that early in the episode, uh, just because I don't know how many people listen to the two and a half hours that probably is that episode. But please send us questions. Uh, I was supposed to warn you that we were going over when I came back in. Well, Jean-Luc texted me too, saying like, you guys have been going on for almost two hours now. We really need a clock in here. I'm an enrapturing yeah. guest. Uh... <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week, and I'll see you all next week. Bye.